sometimes I just want to let that run out. All, all, what do you mean run out? Like all the way to the end of the little track? Yeah, but it's a long track. How long is it? Like a minute. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, don't let it run out. Well, I don't know. We'll just... I mean, I guess you hear the end of it, so I use the last, I don't know, 30 seconds at the end of our podcast. No, Dude, when you did that the first time, that was so sweet. I, like, yeah. I really liked it a lot. I think if you just let it run out and anybody was listening, they'd be like, fuck, this is really long. <laughs> I agree. We should do it just to fuck with people <laughs> next time. Dist- I think it'd be distracting too. It they would be like, okay, this thing sucks. Yeah, all this is who, a stupid guitar this track. Goddamn track. <laughs> <laughs> I hey. wonder what those people. Oh, hey, hey, what's up? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Sunday morning. Happy easy Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a super chill Sunday. We just got back after a little. I don't know. It's only a one week hiatus, I guess. But you wouldn't know that if you were listening, would you? No, we were we were clear on it, but yeah, yeah, it's been two that. weeks for us. Oof. That should mean we have a shit ton to talk about. I know, but do we? I mean, there's it's a lot of shit going on, but like we'll just figure out what we'll we're gonna talk about out. today. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, a we started out the day. I started out my day with some amazing coffee. Sorry, Jason Moyer, it wasn't yours, but it's still pretty damn good stuff. Um, and uh, what were you drinking? I'm drinking some Mexican Chiapas picked up at the Bean. Yeah. It's, you know, the Bean, one of the things I love about the Bean, we're talking about the coffee bean connection for anybody who's not from Baraboo. And even if you are from Baraboo, it's right down the street from my house and run by a couple of good dudes. Um, But uh, it's just so convenient and they're really quick and they're such great guys. You know, it's just like, I just love that place. So... I can just walk down the street and grab a couple pounds of beans and then make my French press in the morning, and it's just all good, you know? How much coffee do you go through in your household? Um, It varies. I mean, like, sometimes in the wintertime, we go through more. Mm, sure. You know, just like, winter's kind of gloomy here sometimes, and it's just hard to, you know, it's like I'll have a couple cups in the morning. And then uh, maybe you'll have one or two, maybe one in the afternoon. Mm. Stephanie definitely drinks more coffee than I do, um, which is hard to believe because I drink a lot of coffee. But It's a huge so industry. It is. It's. I, I saw um, this uh, spoof PSA about coffee drinking the other day. It was pretty awesome because this guy's like, so let me tell you about this amazing bag of brown seeds that create a highly addictive drug that you're <laughs> going to be stuck on the rest of your life, and it's completely legal. You will have headaches, you will have sweats, you will have all the bad reactions of a highly addictive drug, yet the government says it's perfectly fine, <laughs> and you don't need to be 18 to drink it, and it's just like all these things, and it's just like, coffee's kind of like, it's weird like that. It's kind of like alcohol. Alcohol's more regulated, obviously, but it's just... It's a super addictive substance, and yeah. and it you know it's like, but we can't live without it. No, in fact, I. It's a rough morning if I don't have coffee at my disposal. Yeah, it's like, uh, it. So if if someone said to you, "Man, it's a rough morning if I don't have whiskey at my disposal," it's like, dude, you got a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> you know, it's like people have a serious caffeine problem. Like, is it the caffeine in the coffee that's addictive? I oh, mean, yeah. I know that's what the yeah. headaches are from and stuff. But it's the caffeine. It's the caffeine and the coffee. And but I couldn't. I'm sure I couldn't substitute like eight a.m. I couldn't slam a energy drink. Well, but that's different because some people that's what they do, and if they don't have their energy drink in the morning, mm. then they, then they get the headaches. Sure, you know. Okay. So it's like 
coffee it just happens to be the vehicle of choice for most people in the morning because it's like it's become this you know what's the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. That's how I no, grew it's up. not. Fuck Folgers. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> advertising them. We know who our sponsors. By the way, I should mention Saks Underwear, our unofficial official sponsor for 2021, the Kyle and Ike Conversation. My bag's feeling pretty nice this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got to got to put put a shout out there. Went on some vacay and brought my my undies and you know a pair of Saks undies. Can double as a pair of swim shorts in a pinch. Oh, really? Yeah, they really can because there's no hole, you know. There's no, like, the Blood little pee hole in yeah. the front. So it's like, you know, it keeps everything pretty well in place, you know, like I told you, you know. And if you're at the beach, a little lift. That's like a, that would be like a, like a mix between a Speedo and. Kind of. Some, like, swimmer shorts, like tight-fitting stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I. I I, I wouldn't wear them to the beach. I, wore, I could wear it in a hot tub, wear it in the sauna, but I don't wear them at the beach. But if you if you had to, you probably if you could. If you're in a pinch. If you're in a pinch, you could. You know, and it's like, honestly, like most underwear, even for women, is like, it's like a bikini for women or, you know, it's in a pinch. But the thing is, is that it looks like underwear, so all of a sudden it's not right to wear. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with men's underwear is that when they got the flap on the front or something, you know, some some guy might sneak out a little bit. Might be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if there's no sneaky sneaky. Then- yeah, and there's such a variety for men. I've got ones with just the flap. I've got buttons. It has a little button to keep it closed. Oh, see, I wouldn't want a fucking button. I've got the. Is it uncomfortable? Do you notice it? No, not unless no. you're just like. Oh, you're, you're a boxer though. Guy. Yeah, you're a boxer yeah. guy. Okay, it makes more it's sense. Loose, yeah. I was thinking about a button on like a tight flap. Oh, no. Ugh. I know. I was just like, oh, who the fuck would do that? You sicko. <laughs> shit no anyway anyway i digress um, sacks man loving them sacks loving them sacks i was thinking the other day give me a new pair anyways i was well i was thinking that like from here on out sorry guys who've been on the podcast already but we should like should be a thing whoever comes on the podcast gets a pair of sacks underwear that'd be fun <laughs> with, with our faces okay. on them <laughs> in, in order to do that we would have to have a legitimate sponsorship here not kyle and ike sponsoring this <laughs> no, I, I don't know we get a custom pair of sacks with our faces on them and give them to them that'd be funny as shit that would be funny that would be fucking hilarious like we, right over the ass cheeks oh yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely i don't know i just think right on the package <laughs> no i think on the package we just say the conversation <laughs> oh my god that that's fucking awesome we should totally do that just the conversation right over the package and then our our faces on the ass cheeks Ah, oh, we I think we have an official official thing here. Wait, are we looking in or are we looking out? Oh, we got to be looking at each that, other. Uh, right we got to be looking middle. at each other. Yeah, I was like, what's going on, buddy? What's up over there, pal? We should that would be fucking awesome. We got to do that. All right, I'm going to see there if we can go. make that happen. Do sacks have a women's line? Um, cuz that know. might get a little weird if we do it. <laughs> that would be f- I don't know. That's that's part of the fucking deal. It's like you, all right, you know. I I re- am actually looking forward to the day that somebody shares this with somebody from Sax. <laughs> like, what the fuck are these two talking about? I, I they're gonna love it. Sax is gonna fucking love it. They're gonna feel like, oh yeah, people are talking about our shit. They want to put their face on our ass cheeks of our underwear. Yeah. 
I don't know if the sex has a women's line because it's like sex. Because yeah. it's like, you know, there's a reason That's they're true. called sex. That's true. That's so true. I think that, um, you know, we'd have to find uh, a different version. We maybe Bill sex should has just a, look up their website for us and tell us. Yeah, they know, might. They might have branched off. I was talking to Bill yesterday, and the fucker, he didn't even mention how many times he's missed work. I, okay, I got a question. What? Our most listened to episode is the one where Bill talks. Really? Yeah. That's the number one episode. That's the number one episode. But does Bill just listen to himself talk every week? Oh, shit. That's probably what it is. Now, Bill, <laughs> Bill you're trying to pump the numbers honest, up, buddy. Let's be straight it. here. What is up? I'm, I'm that's just giving a, him grief. That, but it is the number one episode. That's a really good question. I'm going to ask him next time. I'm like, yo, how many times have you listened to yourself on our podcast? <laughs> he's just like, he listens to it every time he goes to sleep at night. That's how yeah. he falls asleep. Gets up in the morning. He's like, oh, I know that guy. He's kind of, he sounds nice. That's that's funny. That that's is funny. funny. How, well, what's, uh, that's the number one, huh? Yeah, man. Like 60 something listens. Damn. So kudos to all of you. I think we're up to like almost 40, almost 40, like 38 listeners. Average? Average. Yeah. Okay. How does this, I mean, so, well, and so, does this I subscriber thing work yet? See, I don't, I can't see if you subscribe to pods on like your Spotify or whatever. Okay. Uh, I can just see listens on Anchor. And okay. so all of our episodes are averaging like, uh, well, I shouldn't say all. The first bulk of them are up to mid 50s, bills into mid 60s. Okay. And then the rest are hovering around 40. Oh, yeah, you know those extra 10 listens are Bill. Right. You know they are. That fucker's been listening to that every once a, once a, once a week. He's probably going, Well, oh. hey, Bill, maybe you're sharing it with people. Maybe he's sharing it a little extra. Hey, everybody, listen to my podcast episode. That could be two. Um, but if he was here, we could figure out why the fuck we can't see subscribers on Spotify. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well yeah, so here's the thing i will say this like i don't know that I'm a, I'm a subscriber to the podcast i listen to on spotify but every time i open up my spotify my spotify the ones i listen to the most pop up right away so maybe you don't have to subscribe anymore is it does spotify use the term subscribers that follow i don't know apple honestly. podcast uses subscribe right subscribers yeah. on apple um interesting thoughts yeah Again, as long as people are listening doesn't matter we appreciate everybody for yeah. listening. We yeah, appreciate y'all. Yeah. Um, we appreciate our sex underwear sponsorship. It's been a real boon for our system here. Brings in a lot of good swag. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get shit. We don't get shit. Oh, what were we My wife about? asked if I wanted more. If you wanted more sex? Yeah. So yeah. I told you I was, we've talked about this multiple times. I'm like, I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm getting rid of stuff. Uh -huh. Dude, I had so many pairs of underwear. <laughs> that is awesome and of course you did there there's it was such a huge array and so i just she's like all right start tossing so i started tossing and i'm like oh shit i got now i have like five pairs of boxers i'm like i gotta do laundry a, or sam my wife can you do laundry a lot more often because i can't go a whole week now yeah see i i think i'm down to like five or six yeah yeah and and it's always like i do laundry a lot though okay like i'm doing laundry um probably once every couple of days and steph sure. does it once every couple of days so like but your work clothes like yeah yeah you're tossing them in there that's the whole thing stuff. yeah um see i'm i like doing it well again i don't even do the laundry because i fuck it up my wife does laundry like once a week how so do you fuck up laundry 
I don't know, mix in whites and colors or put the wrong oh, temperature dude. setting on it or something. Yeah. Like you know, a long time ago, I used to do that. I used to do my white separate, a little bit of bleach, did my colors separate. I didn't fuck with the temperature too much. I usually just go cold because cold causes less shrinkage in clothes, which is odd. It causes more causes shrinkage more in other areas. In other things. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but then, um, like, when Steph and I got together, it was, like, this thing where it was, like, she just throws her clothes, everything in. Mm. And then after a while, I just kind of gave up. I was just, like, fuck it. We'll just throw everything in, you know, because it was, like, it was, it was when you got two people doing the laundry, then it's, like, if you're not doing the same Sure. But it's like there's no real point. Yeah. You know, it just kind of became a moot point. But uh, but I remember those days when they used to separate the laundry and all that shit. I don't want to be responsible for my wife's work clothes either. She wears works, She wears scrubs. Oh, yeah. And, like, if I forget to take a pen out of her pocket and then I ruin a oh, shit. $60 pair of scrubs, I'm fucked. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So. Don't, don't, don't fuck that up. Just let her do her thing and... You say yeah. thank you. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> you kinda say like thank I'll you. clean I'll clean the kitchen and I'll just leave it at the good easy stuff. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'll take care of outside. Yep. Can you just do the laundry? <laughs> thank, thank you, honey. Thank you, Samantha. Um Yeah, man. The underwear thing is funny. So I think like when I was a kid. But there was always this fear like I wasn't gonna have enough underwear. It's so weird. Yeah. Because, like, I remember the first time I ever told my dad I was running away. I was, like, I don't know. I was in, like, grade school, I think. And uh, I was super pissed about something dumb, I'm sure. And I said, I'm leaving. I'm running away. And he's, like, okay. Well, good luck. (laughs) And I'm, like, fuck. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And he's, like, yep. He's, like, you need anything? I'm, like, well, I need a suitcase. So he gives me his thank you. He gives me a suitcase, and uh, uh, I go downstairs, and fucking pack my goddamn clothes, and I'm opening <laughs> up my drawers, and I'm just switching through some shit, and uh, um, I pack like I don't know my whole underwear drawer. <laughs> like I just That's took important stuff, the man. whole fucking thing, and dumped my underwear drawer. So I had like I don't know twenty seven pairs of underwear and a pair of pants and a couple of t shirts. Zipped up that bag, fucking I'm leaving, and they're like, he's like, don't let the door hit you, nails on the way out. <laughs> So I'm like, God, this is sucks, man. You don't even give a shit about me. So it's like, all right. So I'm back and walking down the road with my my little roller suitcase. And I, I I got like, I don't know, maybe a half a mile. And and I was fucking dumb too, because I was walking the wrong way out of town. So we lived on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. And I so and it's kind of the reason I walked this way is because I knew that was a general direction that my mom lived. I didn't know how to get there. I was a fucking grade school. But I'm walking out of town. So, like, if I was walking in town, somebody, like, would have been way better chance of someone stopping, you know, what's up, you know. <laughs> but nobody, I was going the wrong way, and we it was like a, it's a two-lane road. You were running away, miles. man. Yeah, I was running away. So, I probably got about a half a mile of town. I'm like, man, I don't know about this. <laughs> and then I start crying and just fucking stopped in the middle of the road. Stood there for a little bit and didn't see one fucking car. I'm like, ugh, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> so I turn around and walk back to my house, and my dad's like, welcome home. How was your trip? He's such an ass. That's where I get my bullshit from when I give my kids such a hard time yeah. from him. Yeah. yeah. I love it, though. Like, I appreciate him for that. 
for just be like, hey, have a good time. See you later, pal. Because he knew. Trust that you'll be you all know? right. Yeah, he knew. It's like, I'm not going to get mauled by a bear or some shit, you know? And True. I mean, Hopefully. He, he didn't know, no, but I mean, he knew that obviously I had a lesson I needed to learn. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't going to be stressing about it because he's like, he's going to be back. You know, and I, and I don't know, he came, he could have been sitting on the porch watching my big ass walk down the yeah, road. Yeah, he probably was. Know. Yeah, but. You didn't make it too far. No, I didn't. I didn't so get too far. When you go on vacation, do you take extra underwear? Like, I, I used to. Yes, yeah, so you, you plan out the whole trip, right? I'm like, okay, this day I'm going to wear this, this day I'm going to wear this. So I got to have this nice shirt in case we go out to eat somewhere. Yeah, one nice shirt. It's a key, that's key the component. Key. And you're like, <laughs> ah, here's some extra undies. Yeah, always. They're, they're it, easy to pack. That's... I, I used to do that all the time. And then I realized, like, I don't know, maybe just in the last year or two, like, what am I doing with all this fucking underwear? What am I doing with all this clothes? Especially when you go someplace warm. Yeah. You know, it's like I would pack, like, maybe I need two pairs of pants. It's going to be 90, but I just might wear two pairs of pants because, you know, might need them. It's like, no, you won't. You're going to wear one pair of shorts for three days straight because yep. you're just going to keep changing your underwear and your shorts are going to be clean. You're going to get in the pool or the beach or whatever. And it's like, so like this trip, I just I just got back from San Diego. That's why we had a little lippy blip in our uh, schedule. You guys didn't notice it too much, I hope. Um, but uh, when I was packing for the trip to San Diego, it's like, okay, what do I really need? Like, what do I want? So I could lay all my shit on the on top of my dress and be like, okay, so I got my underwear, I got my socks, t-shirt, da 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 da. It's like now, what do I really need? Like, what do I know? I'm only gonna fucking wear, sure, you know. So it was just like, you know, I just broke it all down. Like warm weather, it's like, first off, I usually wear pants out of out of Wisconsin because it's still a little bit cooler, you know, when, when we go on vacation. And, but I wear like super comfy pants for traveling, mm. you know. They're like. Uh, they're not jeans usually. Usually, like it's like a, a I don't know. It's like a synthetic material. Um, but they're just they're they're pants. They're kind of like a khaki, but not anyway. Comfy pants. I wear my slip on shoes because I know I got to go through security and take them bitches off. Um, I wear my belt that's super easy to take on and off, like quick. Um, and then just a comfy shirt, and then a jacket, mm-hmm. a hat. You know, something's just so super easy, so I don't have to keep a bunch of shit in my um, pockets. And then when I pack, it's like, okay, one pair of pants. It's like, can I wear that pair of pants if I go out to a nice dinner? You know, it's like, there's always that one night. It's right. like, maybe we'll go out to one nice dinner someplace. So, then like, to your point, you get the nice shirt. And I don't have a whole bunch of nice shirts. Like, I got a couple. Like, how many nice shirts does, it, does do I really need? Sure. You know, like some people really like nice shirts. Like I got a buddy of mine, Jerry, he's got, he loves wearing, he looks getting all, all gussied up, I Mm. call it. But for me, it's just like, I just got a couple. I mean, how many nice shirts do you got? But we're in different profession fields. Well, okay. So I'm talking like not a professional nice shirt, but a going out nice shirt. Is that the same for you? It depends on where I'm going out. So I've got, you know, I've got, oh, I've got, a, I don't even know, six, seven, maybe like full button ups, mm-hmm. um, like three really nice dress pants. Okay. Um, I've probably got three or four like winter style pullover, um, Sweaters. sweater type things. Um, and then a handful of like, uh, 
polos for like summer. Oh, like golf polos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't, so I don't, I guess like on a t-shirt level, like, I don't know what's, what else is a really nice shirt. I don't know. Well, I, I, t-shirts don't generally for me fall into a nice shirt. Like There's, usually you have to have a collar, right? Well, it just depends on what, like, so there's times like, um, so I've got a black V-neck. It's not a deep V. It's a, it's like a shallow V, but it's a men's V-neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if I'm going to go out to dinner and it's like kind of nice, kind of cash, I'll wear the black with my suit jacket. Oh, sure. And a pair of jeans, you know, and it's like, I really like that look. I, I feel it's so easy to do. And it's like, and I, you always got to have at least one nice pair of jeans. Maybe yeah. two, but always yeah. at least one. That's like your go-to pair of jeans because I I rarely wear dress pants. Like even when I'm going to a wedding, I wear my nice jeans, mm-hmm. and then I got some nice brown leather shoes, nice belt, and then I'll throw my suit jacket on, whatever I got, and I'll put my button up on, or depending on the wedding, you know. Black jacket, brown shoes, black, black oh, jacket. That's a no-no, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think it goes fine together. I do too. There's a so if I if if it was black jacket, black pants, brown shoes, no, I think that, that, would that would be different. That would be an issue. But like with jeans, I think the leather and the jeans go. Yeah, they they're the equalizer between the jacket and the yeah, shoes yeah, yeah. in my mind. Um, I have a pair of black shoes. So you have like, like a blazer. I have a I have a blazer. Well, it's just my. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much just my my suit jacket. Yeah, I hate wearing suit jackets. I have two, and yeah. I hate wearing them. Every once in a while. It makes me feel kind of fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, uh, I remember back in the day when I was doing the modeling stuff that, um, we'd have like after parties and stuff. That's where the, the black V neck and the suit jacket mm-hmm. came out. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't have any sweet gold chains to wear with it, but right. <laughs> I could see it in my mind now if I had, um, but it's like that look very rarely comes out. I don't know. It's like when I think about a nice shirt, so in my closet, you got like, a black button up, that's just like a classic black, mm-hmm. easy, goes with jeans, great. Um, and then I got one stripe button up, that's like brighter, it's like white with some nice colored stripes. It's like my wedding, you know, button okay, up. Sure. And then I got two short sleeve button ups that are like with a collar that are just kind of spring, spring summer like mm-hmm. barbecue, mm-hmm. but you're going to a friend's house barbecue kind of thing, and like a dressed up Hawaiian style. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. It's, and that's it. And then, yeah. See, that's lacking in my wardrobe. Not that I want to add to my wardrobe. I've, we've covered this. Um, but I do see, like, that's what I don't have. Mm-hmm. Is like a nice, that style, button-up t-shirt style thing. My dad wears them all the time. In fact, he'll wear a coat over them all the time, too. The short sleeve? Yeah. Dang. Like a, like a suit jacket coat? Yeah. Oh. It works though. It I mean, does. It's, it, you can't it's tell it's easy. A, like under a jacket, you can't tell it's a t-shirt. You can't, and and it, it's not a t-shirt. It's still a dress shirt. It's just a short sleeve in my mind. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, short sleeve. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you can even pull off a tie with them if you really wanted to. Yeah. You know, it's so when you say you don't want to add to your wardrobe, like I understand that. One thing I figured out when we went on our trip that what we talked about a few episodes ago was. When I was getting rid of shit, what are you going on over there? It's fucking, this cup is popping. It's popping. Sorry. Popping. This, this place is popping. Um, was, uh, uh, I, I bought the things I needed that I really liked that were universal, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I always, 
it's one pair of nice jeans, one pair of everyday jeans. That's it. I don't need any more jeans than that. One pair of comfy pants, you know. My T-shirts, I've got like three or four T-shirts that I like that I wear, you know. Yeah. And then I've got a couple button-downs and then my work clothes. Yep. And, you know, it's made my life. Like we talked about. We, we, we have yeah, talked about this. It's and made I think my life so much easier. Like the the work clothes part makes things so easy. Yeah. It's just, it really does. It's so convenient. How many times I wear my work clothes on the weekend because I'm working around the house. It's yeah. like, oh, that's my work clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. But, um, fuck. Underwear. That's how we got back to there. Fucking sex. Fucking sex. Way to go, sex. Sponsor coming See this? in clutch. Sponsorship sex. Spurring all kinds of conversations. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, sex, for not paying us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we before we were uh, recording, we were talking about selling houses. Mm, and the yeah. market's crazy right now. Dude, it's so... It, and it's stupid everywhere. Everybody yeah. I talk to, yeah. like family members from around the, the U.S., it's like it's... It's, my dad was telling me, he lives in the Lewis-Clark Valley in Lewis and Idaho. And I don't know, it's probably like 100,000 people plus. He said there's 23 houses available right now in the valley. Wow. 23 total. Yeah. It's like. And they're probably jacked in price. So, everything is so jacked. It's like, it's it's crazy. I, like my wife and I's dream isn't to go, well, my wife wants to travel the world, sure. But yeah. like the over, like. Over all of that, I think we want to build a house, mm-hmm. right? That's like the epitome of where we want to be. We want to have a little property. It doesn't have to be huge. Mm-hmm. And we want to build a house. Yeah. Um, but fuck, right now? Oh, no way. Hell with that. I think that's why the housing market, one of the big reasons why the housing market is so fucking crazy right now. Is prices because prices are jacked no, up. We can, I mean, people are still building. Yeah. But 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 it's like the people who, you know, make over $500,000 a year or whatever, they're like... The, the cost to build right now is insane. Well, wood is like three or four times what it normally is, price-wise, isn't it? I th- I know it's at, least, it's at least double. Yeah. It's at least double. Like, the last time I looked at, o, uh, like, uh, OSB, like, a sheet of OSB was, like, 65 bucks, And before, it was, like, 25 So, I guess that's okay. triple. Yeah. Close to Close it. Close to who the fuck can afford? I mean, yeah. People, so I mean, if you need it, basically what what it, it is, yeah, it's like because I'm a contractor, and as a contractor, if I got to buy OSB, you know, it's like if it's part of my contract, and it's like it, the cost gets passed on to the customer, right? You know, but it's like if all of a sudden I got to buy ten sheets of OSB, it's sixty five bucks as opposed to twenty five bucks. My estimate, my bid's way the fuck off from what it was before the price mm-hmm. change. I felt bad for a lot of guys or house builders that put out bids for houses last year that didn't get to them. And then this year with the prices of, of lumber. Well, it, don't most people just put like a time constraint on their bid like this is for 90 days or something? I, I don't know if most Maybe do. houses are different because houses take so long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like if you... So let's say you're it's it's the middle of summer and you're putting a bid in on a house and you're like we might get it started by fall sure you know but like this is where I think we might get going especially in the Midwest where you can't really build in the winter right. for they're any more they're building a lot during the winter even but um where it just there's depends still a window where you're at, yeah there's still a window where it's where it's like it's not as easy to build so then if you're down for three months in, when it's really fucking cold or snowy or whatever. And then you kick back up, and lumber is three times as much. Your bid still exists from sure. the previous, you know. Yeah. 
So, and it keeps going up. You know, so it's funny. Um, <laughs> everybody's like, fucking Biden. He's he's the one. He's the reason lumber's so expensive, and and it's uh, or the or it's or it's like uh, um, you know, environmentalists or or something else. But the thing is that I I read this when the when lumber first started to go up. I'm like, what is going on? So like, I want to say it was like 20 or 30 years ago, there was this fucking beetle infestation in Canada. In the um, we get a lot of our lumber from Canada. Okay, and um, it decimated the uh, uh, timber industry sure. in Canada. But it's twenty or thirty years ago, so all those trees that were mm. destined for the market now, gotcha, are were decimated back then, and so now there's this huge glut or not glut that void of of lumber because those trees aren't in the market. So you combine that. With the fact that there's a pandemic and everybody yeah. wants to build a fucking deck or an yep. addition to their house or a new garden shed or something, and there's no fucking lumber to be found anywhere. You know, it's like even even the shitty Menards lumber is like flying off the shelves. Yeah. You can't you know? find, well, you can't find anything anywhere. Yeah. You can't find cars. You can't find... It's like the pandemic held everyone down underneath water, and then finally they were able to breathe, and it's like... <gasps> everything yeah yeah well that's that's the thing too is like the economic impact we always hear about the economic imp- impact of the pandemic but it's like in some ways because of the government stimulus packages and a lot of people actually had more money yeah and more time than they had before i think but i also think a lot of people what was it i read a statistic and now i completely forgot it fucking bill um sorry no, it's okay. He's that, just, he's a fucking like all lazy, the sti- like guy. X percentage of the stimulus money that went out to people is just being saved, like it's being completely conserved because everyone's scared. Like, yeah, I don't I know. Need who, cash. I don't know anybody saving it. I'm sure they're saving it. Are you? I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are saving it. But yeah, well, now, now I know one that's saving it. But I, but like I and it, I shouldn't. I, I guess I don't. I don't talk to people about what they do with their no, stimulus right. so much. But it's like I, you can tell like. I call it stimmy shopping. Like when I oh, see yeah, yeah, yeah. when I see people, people just, sti- stimmy yeah. shopping, he's like, you can tell. It's like when someone's looking at a twelve hundred dollar table saw that that they you, wouldn't have bought otherwise. You, you know yeah. they wouldn't have bought otherwise. That's stimmy shopping, you know. And so it's like okay, um, but it's like so I know. I guess I guess we've done. I've done. So we've gotten what five, three stimulus checks? Yep. And I uh, we I've done a little bit of everything. The first one we paid off debt with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one we saved, and this third one, it it's hard to tell if we're using this one or a tax return. But we're building a patio. Yeah. So one of those two, either our tax return or the stimulus, is getting designated for the patio. Do you decide to go concrete with the patio? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's just. It's easy. It's easy and. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be flat because we're going to put up a pergola so I yeah. can just drill right into the pad. Yeah. And uh, it's honestly cheap. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you got a... I got a friend who does You concrete. got a guy. Yeah. He did our driveway, and it's just... I think it's going to be... Because we talked... I talked to you mm-hmm. about yeah, laying we, it down. We talked about it. Yeah. And it's just... For what it is, it's going to be a lot of work. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, it is. Um, But, yeah, the Stimmy package, it's... um, Yeah... I think that here in the Midwest, especially in rural areas, we don't see 
visually see the impact as much as people do in cities. Sure. You know, it's like when uh, um, you and your this fucking cup, coffee man. Cup. Jeez. Damn. You just need to fix that. Yo, KT, get your shit straight. <laughs> um, like the, the, the homelessness issue. You see that out, out in California a lot. I hear about it. I've seen photos of it. When I was in San Diego, I didn't see a ton more than I thought I saw in L.A. when okay. I lived there. But, I mean, there's still plenty. Like, there were a lot of people. I guess I, there's maybe an uptick. We were down at the beach a little bit, and there was an uptick in the in the homeless population. In San Diego. In San Diego. Um, see, I heard L.A. was the bad one. Yeah, I heard L.A. was – is. I've and I've seen pictures of it. That it's like it looks like it's where L.A. and Venice and yeah. in that area. Um, I guess my my kids up in Seattle said it's really bad up there too right now. Mm. So I think in the big cities, the stimulus check it it helps, but it doesn't help like it does here. No, you know, I like mean, when your rent's three thousand dollars a month, right? You know, fourteen hundred dollars stimulus check is a half a month's rent. Yeah, you know, compared to here, it's and like well, it at was least six hundred before. Right, I mean, exactly. So I think that, um, yeah, we don't see the economic impact as much, but I, it's like you do. It's like, okay, so housing is going through the fucking roof and yeah. people are paying big bucks for houses right now. And you're having a hard time. Used car sales are way up. Like you've got a used vehicle right now. It's worth 10% more than it was last year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird thing. So the consumer goods industry is is rampant, but then there's a lot of people who don't have – as much money. Why is that? Why is it that that people there are certain people that are buying so much shit? Well, I th- uh, two things I think personally. Um, B, I think there's a large group of people who worked through the whole pandemic. Yeah, which which is awesome. Yeah, if they choose to yeah. or wanted to. And so, honestly, a stimulus is just a bonus check. Mm-hmm. Money not expecting, money not needed. Yeah, you know probably could use it as an actual stimulus to an economy if that was the whole point second thing i I think people just have different mentalities on money um i think we touched on this briefly like my mentality on money has really shifted over the last year Mm -hmm. um but some people just they have money and it's there to spend right and so well yeah i mean so if you're if you're growing up living paycheck to paycheck um and your parents live paycheck to paycheck because i think we're about to getting into the, in the more into that generation where there was a lot more people whose parents live paycheck to paycheck when they were growing up yeah i think we're just getting into the generation of where uh the generation so probably my generation i think is the first generation in x amount of time to be on pace to earn less than their parents. Really? I would have figured it had been before that even. No. Okay. Yeah, so it's the paycheck well, to paycheck. And, yeah. And Go ahead. So I'm 32 going on 33. So whatever generation that is. I don't know what the don't fuck. fuck. There's too many letters of generations. Your generation. Yeah. Um, We'll call it the P2P. <laughs> um the p2p generation so it's if if i think if you grow up see if you grow up and your parents are living paycheck to paycheck and they're living paycheck to paycheck because 
we're also part of the generation where we don't want our kids to do without anything, mm-hmm. you know. So, so if they want the Xbox or they want a new phone or whatever, they're going to get the new phone, even if that means the parents don't have a lot of money in the bank, right? Um, so at that point, it's like how much of how much saving knowledge, how much um, like doing without, so we're good in the down the line. Knowledge is getting passed on to kids that financial. Uh, security, financial literacy, like how much of that is getting passed on to kids. I mean, I heard there's a there's a financial class in school. I had a friend of mine, because I kind of ragged on it a little bit once on Facebook, and I had a friend of mine who jumped on me and said her kids did really well in it and appreciated it. I still think there's a financial illiteracy with kids. Like they don't understand yeah, as much. Yeah, I agree. And, and I don't know if it's, I'm not trying to put it on the schools like it's their fault. I just think that, Maybe on a on a higher level through the educational system as a whole, financial literacy should be a, a larger piece of the education than it is. Yeah, and just to clarify, because in my ears this sounds a little mumbled, you're saying there's a financial illiteracy. Yeah, in with kids, even though schools have a financial literacy course, they do, and 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 the financial literacy course should be a more of a priority. Yeah, I agree. 100%. If I if I'm mumbling everybody just, you know, I'm sorry. No, I'm just trying to clarify illiteracy and literacy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I said illiteracy once. I said lack of literacy maybe. Okay. Okay. But um anyways. Anyways, we can go back over this when we listen to it <sighs> with all of the people when it drops. So um, everyone vote. Everybody vote. <laughs> what the fuck did Ike say? He's he's No, I agree. Yeah. I think um the the financial literacy courses well, and I haven't been in high school in a long time. When I took personal finance in high school, it wasn't how to balance a checkbook, how to create a budget, how to do anything like that. It was mock stock simulation. Yeah. See, no. Like go onto this website, you get $100,000 of fake money, and then it'll follow real time. Is it possible that you – I'm just putting this out there because – when I took my financial, what you what words did you use? I used personal finance. Personal finance, yeah, that's a, that's way better. It's more clear. When I took a personal finance class, I don't know if that's what it's called. I remember the mock stocking stock yeah. simulation way more than I remember anything else because it was way more fun because I was True. I was making bank. True, but I do have a vague memory of how to write a check. I remember that. I do have a vague memory of like I see a check register. Nobody uses checks anymore, so they can't even really be like it, it should be. I mean, younger people don't mm-hmm. use checks. That shouldn't even really be part of the process of a of a personal finance class anymore. But I do vaguely remember that. But I felt like I feel like a lot of people I've talked to felt that I still didn't know shit. Right. You know, and and the biggest piece that I think is. What with personal finance classes, some mo- some money man not maybe not the biggest piece piece, but there should be money management, budgeting, um, but also how to like how to do your fucking taxes. Yeah, you know, yeah, doing taxes is the first time I did taxes. I was so fucking scared. I'm like, oh, if I get if I do something wrong, government's gonna come after me and they're gonna wreck my life and I'm gonna owe so much money and and I was so worried that I was going to fuck it up because it's such a high pressure thing. And I saw this funny fucking spoof where there was this high school kid 
and he played two parts. He played himself as a high school kid, and he threw on this long wig, and he played an IRS lady. And he's like, so, he says, so I need to file my taxes. And he's like, I got a pretty good idea of, like, everything I made. He's like, so is that the number I should put down? And then as him as a lady, she's like, no, we need to know the exact number down to the penny that you that you made and how much you paid in. And he's just like, oh, but if it's pretty close, is that going to be okay? And she's like, no, that's not okay because if it's not right on the money, then we're going to come after you. He's like, oh, okay, so, so like, do you know how much I paid? I was paid and how much I owe? Oh, yeah, we know how much you were paid and how much you owe. And he's like, so you can put the numbers in? No, we're not going to do that for you. <laughs> and it was like this back and forth. It was fucking hilarious because it makes zero sense. Yeah. You know, if the government fucking knows already how much you paid, how much you owe, why is it so fucking hard? Yeah. You know? So then I, th- I thought about it, and it's like, you know how many accountants and accounting lawyers and people would go out of fucking business if the government just, just like, did it that way? Well, I think they would. They know if you're in a business who, like, you work for, right? Yeah. Like, you as a self-owned business like you have to file quarterlies yeah like if you didn't do that and you just had cash transactions they wouldn't know so that there's an honor system there too well i i think for i just i'm just talking about everyday people who get a w-2 yeah if you just if yeah you if you get a w-2 fuck it should already be there it should it should be done yep. because as an employer you have to send all that information in yep that's already done so the employers that's where the accountants come in that's where that business is but just for the regular people that are getting a, like not regular people, but for a regular job W two at the end of the year, you got your mortgage interest and shit, which is all already done through the bank because they're accountable for it too. You shouldn't have to do shit. They already know. No, update personal info. Yeah, that's it. Do you have a kid this year? Did you buy a house? Yeah. Even if you bought a house, it's probably going to be on a bank. It's going to be on a bank. If you had a kid, it's probably, probably. going to be logged somewhere. You know, it's like they know. They, they know all yeah. that shit. Maybe they're just setting you up for gotchas. Well, that's the thing is like, okay, so why? Like, what? why know. do they want to, do they want to keep people scared? Probably. You know? Oh, fuck yeah. Well, I shouldn't say probably. Yes. Yeah. They want. With anything the government does, it's all about control and power. Yeah. They, fear. yeah they don't, they don't want you to be comfortable because if you get comfortable, you might start thinking about other shit other than what I'm going to get in trouble for. Yeah. You know, your, your mind might get all fucking wacky and start thinking about you know, <laughs> QAnon shit or something. <laughs> um, we were talking about vacation earlier. Do you have a vacation wallet? No. Oh, dude. One of the best investments I ever made was a vacation wallet. So when you're on vacation, you don't need all that shit that's in your wallet, True. right? Like I, I my, my regular everyday walk around wallet is this big, thick leather wallet. It's got fucking business cards in there, my punch cards for the coffee shop, and and like however many credit cards, and my blood donor card, all that shit's in there, right? My vacation wallet, it's this little, thin, little wallet, ID, credit card, some cash. That's it. Done. It's so fucking sweet, bro. It's so sweet. Because you don't even know what's in in your pocket. You know that big you don't you're not supposed to sit on a big leather wall. It fucks your back up, right? Yep. But 
But where are you going to put it? You put it in your front pocket? Fuck no, that's uncomfortable as shit, you know? And you all look all lopsided, you know? But <laughs> Big with, bulge. Yeah, so but if it's like this little thin wallet, yeah. it's so nice, man. It's so nice. And they got them with this RF chip blocker oh, thing. Yep, yep. So you can protect your credit cards in there. Dude, hmm. you got to get one if you don't have one. Well, that implies I go on vacation. You went to Door County. Yeah, three years ago. Fuck, dude, you need a vacation. You know what? If you buy the thin wallet, <laughs> that will be motivation to get your fucking ass out of town for a little bit. Ugh. Bro, you need a vacation, man. That's all good. I'm sure it's all good. I'm just telling you. It's like some beach therapy. Yeah. It's awesome. You know what? When I was a uh, when I was your age, fuck. Yeah, I think I was your age. No, I was younger than you. When my babies were the same age as your babies. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, we took them on a uh on a cruise to uh it went to Cozumel. Mm. And we left out of out of um we left out of out of Florida. So we left out of Miami and it was only like three or four days. Yeah. It was a quick one. We stopped in the Key West and then we went down to Cozumel and then we came back. The fucking kids, like, to see your babies playing on the beach at the ocean and they're digging in the sand, it's like, it's so fucking cool. Like, just to get them, I, I know you can take them to devil's sake. Just saying. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's awesome. You, sh- you need yeah, to do it. good. You need to do it. Now I'm going to, my wife's going to listen to this and I'm going to have to go on vacation. Good. Fucking Sam, <laughs> take this guy's ass on vacation because he needs one. You guys need one for your fam with the babies. Get them out of the house. Take them to the beach. Let them see a fucking whale or some shit and blow their mind. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Serious, man. Wes is seven months, man. I don't know. What's that? Wesley is seven months. I don't know if you'll even notice anything. No, he won't. No. But the three-year-old will. Yeah. The three-year-old will, yeah, he'll blow his mind. He'll see something fucking cool like that. He'll be like, what? What is that? I want to wanna be a... I want to be a... <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> kind of person handles, zoo, like, like whales and shit? Like, on the, like, what is that? A biologist? Not a biologist. Marine, marine biologist. biologist. Yeah, yeah. I want to be a marine biologist. That's what I want to be, Dad. Thanks for I'm showing me the whales. I'm trying to get him to be a vet. Hey, you know, a whale vet would be a fucking badass vet, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah. um. Anyway, yeah. So it's funny, like when I when we took this trip, my son Bailey, he's like, he's always the one that's like accident prone, right? And he got in a massive accident a couple of years ago, or, yeah, yeah last year. Yeah. But but this is like that that was not even his fault. But he's always like the guy, you know. And when he was little, we're we're getting all packed up, right? So you know, it's like you got a baby and you got a three year old, and and like I think. Yeah, Connor was probably around between two and three. We're going to take this cruise. We're packing all of our bags and shit, and it's all frantic. And, you know, it's like, do we have enough diapers? We have this. We have that. We have the bottles. We have everything we're going to need for these kids on this boat and then on the island and all the clothes and everything. And then we got to fly to here. And it was, a, it was a whole ordeal, right? We're leaving the house. Got a dog. Um, And we're going out the front door. And, and uh, uh, Bailey's... He's got to be like eight or nine months, and um, he's crawling around, you know, and he's busy, you know, he's moving. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's like, he's like, kind of getting on his feet sometimes, 
So he's in the living room on the floor playing with his toys, and we're just getting out the door. We're loading the suitcases and shit in the car. He's ready to go. He's got his little Hawaiian T-shirt on looking sharp. <laughs> and uh, we leave the front door open because we're going in and out, right? He takes a fucking digger off the front steps or six steps on the concrete. His whole fucking face is oh. road rash. Like It's like all these pictures of him from the from the cruise he's got this gnarly he looks like he just like like a, a house cat just like scratched the fuck out of him for a couple of minutes on oh, his face man. he was he was so happy though he's like got a spoonful he's eating sand on the beach he's got a spoonful of sand it's like what the fuck but it's like he just looked like he just got the shit beat out of him it was always like you know thing about like pictures we talked about pictures before and vacation and stuff is uh you look back and you see them when they're babies like that. And it's like, oh, I remember that. You know, it's like, like that kid was always getting fucking hurt. You know, yeah. it's like those little things. But yeah, that was Connor when we were on that trip, like to see the big ocean, we way the fuck out there and there's no land in sight. That's a trip. It was a trip for me. You ever, you ever been way out in the ocean where you can't see land? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first time i did that it was like holy shit yeah like there we're a long fucking ways from anywhere man not much around here no there's not and then you try to say that bullshit international water stuff you ever done that no so on the cruise ships once you get far enough out to sea you're in international water so there's no dude this duty free shopping it's kind of like oh, when you sure, go to sure, the, sure. the term the the international terminal at the airport and like, oh, you can get some duty-free uh, Johnny Walker, you know, or some some uh, some gin or something. It's like, oh, well, fuck, man. Drinks on a cruise ship are like $14 a piece. Give me some of that. So I go down there, and I was young, and I was, like, not very smart. <laughs> I didn't even ask if I could have it. I just assumed you could just buy it. So I went down and bought a couple bottles, and they're like, you can pick this up when you get off the boat back in Miami. Oh. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, you can't have it right now. You can just buy it. It's like, oh, so you save me $4 in the middle Thanks. of my vacation on a couple of bottles of shit that I can't drink. And it makes sense. It's not a good business model to sell people all the alcohol they want for really cheap on a boat. When That's why you got to go with an all-inclusive cruise ship. You don't have to pay for that anymore. You know, Well, you do pay for it, but you pay for it up front. Yeah. Um, I went to it. Did you did you go on one? I've been on a cruise before. Yes. Was it all inclusive? I have no idea. I was eleven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I've, I don't Where'd remember. You go? Where'd you go? I uh, I want to say actually Cozumel. Okay, that was a huge one back in the day. I was like, yeah yeah Cozumel was like Cozumel, and then you go down and you'd see the the ruins and stuff, and uh, oh maybe it wasn't then. I don't even know what it was. We just did like day stops at islands. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I remember being on the boat, but to tell you how non-memorable it was, I don't remember the details. Okay, well, I think that cruise ships maybe they don't want you to remember the details. You know, like because when you're on the boat, I remember the fucking days on the boat were like they got kind of long. Oh sure, you know it's like when you have like one full day at sea, it's like. Mm. Like, there's, like, a shitty lounge singer at the one thing. If you got kids, you're not going to be hanging out at the lounge anyway. Right. So you're going to go up to the deck, and there's, like, I remember there was one day, it was, like, oh, there's a there's a nude sunbathing deck? 
no shit. It's like, I'm not going up there, but I can imagine what it looks like. And yeah. it, it was like what I was imagining probably didn't have anything to do with what it really was. Probably a bunch of fucking 70 year olds up there letting it all hang out. But Chilling. Yeah. Um, and then they got the pools and shit, right. you know. But cruise ships are so different now. I've seen pictures of these cruise ships and they're like, it's like a floating city. <laughs> they got shopping malls and they got really? water slides and they got like bicycle tracks on them. And they, you know, it's like all, it's like, tennis and interesting yeah they're fucking ma- massive way bigger than the ship i was on ship i was on had a couple of pools a hot tub yeah that's not that sounds familiar some shuffleboard maybe yeah it was just it wasn't to the level yeah but when i went it was i was 10 i mean that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. at least i do remember we went to an all-inclusive we stayed at disney oh okay. um and that was an all-inclusive but that and that was more memorable because I don't I feel like I was the same around the same age like 10 11 12 somewhere in there um but it was like my parents just kind of let us go Oh yeah and but inside the resort it was like there was like it was almost a self-contained thing mm-hmm. it was like oh there's movies over here you can go watch and there the kitchen's over here and it's all like kids though Right. So, How old were you? I don't remember. <laughs> I'll say in the 10, 11, 12 range. Okay. Maybe nine. I, uh, hard to remember. You think they still do it the same? Just like let the kids fucking run? I don't think so. I think there's more of a focus on the actual parks now. Like this mm-hmm. was very resort heavy. Like we went to Disney World, mm-hmm. but we stayed more like it was more involved in just being at the, the resort. If that makes sense. And I don't even remember. It wasn't inside the park. It was just outside of it. But it was a Disney-branded resort. Okay, so it was a Disney-branded resort, but it wasn't inside the Disney park. Right. Okay. I've never been. I've never. This one place I've never been is Disney. Any of the, I went to Universal, but that's about mm-hmm. as close to anything mm-hmm. Disney as I ever did. So I really don't know what that experience is like. A lot of people that I know have taken their kids and went as kids to Disney, and this was a big thing. But yeah. we, we did it, and... Uh, <laughs> we did it up via road trip oh dude like national lampoon style right yeah. on you got it fucking that's awesome and i'm i'm trying to remember i think my dad had this old f-150 and it was just like an extended cab oh shit in a and, truck even in a truck and it was myself and i have an older sister and a younger sister uh-huh and we just made, mom dad three kids an extended cab f-150 yeah just Damn. made the trip down you went to florida or did you go to florida okay yep. florida disney yeah. I suppose that one's closer, isn't it? Yeah, and we, I mean, yeah. Well, is, is it? I don't I know don't if know it is, closer. but it might be a, a less boring car trip. Like, if you're not into, as, you know, like I'll say 10, 11, 12, if you're not into the whole national park scene, mm-hmm. it might just be, like, easier to stop by these little places on the way. Bigger yeah. cities and, you know. I mean, yeah, so I've... I've never driven to Florida. I drove to Alabama a number of okay. times, which is a it's a little different route. I th- I think maybe not. Maybe it's the same route until you get down, you know, by fucking Tennessee and shit, and then you take a take a right instead of going straight. Yeah, or take a left. That'd be a left again. It was. It. I'm sure it was a great time. Do you we remember the road trip? No. No. Nothing. No. You know, as parents, like, we we plan these big fucking excursions, and we're like, this is going to be the greatest thing in the world, and they're going to remember it for the rest of their lives and all that shit. And when it all really boils down to it, the shit that I remember 
is never like the big giant shit. Right, right. You know, it's like I always remember like the little moments where, you know, somebody got mad or, or we saw dead something or other on the side of the road or blew a tire. Or my dad was cussing or, or like, you know, my sister and I playing stupid games while we're driving down the road, you know, but it was like, you know, I don't, it's the big things like that. A lot of times I don't remember those. It's like, yeah. You, when you guys were driving, did you guys have games that you played, like, to keep yourself busy? I'm sure busy? we did. Yeah, there's, like, the alphabet game yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, like, um, license plate license game. Plate game. We just, <laughs> so fucking lame we were. We had this game where, so when I grew up, <clears throat> a lot of the traveling we did, if it was within, a you know, a short enough distance, like, less than a big trip, a lot of times we sit in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. you know? And so there'd be, like... Me and my cousins and shit all piled in the back of the truck driving down the road. So we would stand up in the back of the truck with our hands on top of the cab, cruising, doing 60 miles an oh. hour down the road. And, and and we would tell, like, we would say whose car was which. Like, so we'd stand in the line. And so the first car was a guy on the left and then the second car. And it's like, that's your car. And, you know, it's like some would come, some old fucking beater Pinto would come around the corner. And we'd all fucking like wail and laugh. It's like, <laughs> you fucking loser. You got to drive that piece of shit. That was one of the games we played Interesting. when we were kids. But, like, our parents, they weren't like, hey, guys, we know a really fun car game you can play or a game no, that it was you all occupied on the road. Initiated by yourself. It was yeah. all initiated by us. So it was like stupid kid games. But it was awesome at the time. Nowadays, it's like kids. I, I'm old man mode here, I guess. But it's like, like it's like ten fun games to play with your kids while you're on a road trip. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you can look it up online and say, okay, so if you can play the license plate game or the alphabet game, and it was just like my parents didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like they didn't care what we were doing as long as we were shutting up and not bothering them. That's all they cared about. I'm like, sure my parents cared. Well, yeah, okay. They on some level, I'm sure they cared. But they didn't. And when I say cared, I mean I'm sure my mom interacted, and like participated in some level. But I don't know what that was. I don't remember. I remember. Okay, I remember this. Maybe this was on the cruise. We got. It was one of the two. Cause it was one of those two vacations. It was tropical, and we got those stupid. It was like a tube with little things in it, and it was hollow in the middle, and like. You shake it, and like the. You can like roll the tube inside of itself, kind of thing. It was weird. It was a weird, like knickknacky, stupid thing. I remember that. Was it like one of those bubble games? Like you no, hit no, no, the no. little. It was soft, like squishy. Oh, uh, uh, a squishy tube thing. Did it like roll inside? Yeah. Of itself? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah those were fucking awesome. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they like. I got one of those. Yeah, <laughs> they're like a like. Um, you can put your fingers in the end yep. of it. Yeah, yep. and you can roll. They sell those at the toy store. So. Oh, really? Yeah, Todd's got them. Fuck. Down, trip down memory lane, bro. Nah. <laughs> we had those little things. Remember the little handheld games? You push the button, and it shoots the rings up into the oh, water. Yeah, and you got to try and, and you gotta try them on the, land them yeah. on the seahorses and shit. We had those. And then there was a, like a little ball. You get in a little, in a little hoop, oh, you know? Legit. Yeah. So, like, those games... It was like, it was it was skill, but it's a different kind of skill, you know. And it, they were quiet. Yeah, you know, like like um, as I got older, like remember the little electronic football game? Dun, yeah, dun 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 dun. dun, dun yep. You know, 
little battery operated. They made a bunch of different ones. I think I played like a superhero one or something like that. Yeah, and it was like it was just like this little black image that. And would, it, all it did was like its yeah. <laughs> hands would move and its legs could move up yeah, and down. Yeah, nothing else moved. No, like it was just like or or the the image would be like in one spot, and the next thing you know, it's in the middle of the screen. The next thing you know, it's on the far end of the yeah. screen, and it's like three-pointer <laughs> or like <laughs> touchdown it was like those were but those were the shit they like, were i spent hours playing those games those were like but they were loud yeah. you know like they were like they were they were pretty loud and then so those came out like my dad got into those uh handheld poker and pinochle like the the card oh, games yeah, yeah. you know yep. um there was yahtzee and, yep there's blackjack yeah all those like, those little handheld games i don't who who made those but there was a run on them for a while yeah like everybody had one of those stephanie's dad still got one and i don't know what it is what kind of game it is it might be like solitaire or some shit the first time I went over to their house i was like no way i'm <laughs> sitting down i'm like doot, 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 and she's like what are you doing? I'm like, I'm playing a game. This is awesome. I haven't seen one of these since I was a teenager. So, I mean, those I think are... my grandparents still have a blackjack. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, those games are fucking awesome. And it's, it's so simple. It is. With today's technology, it's like, this is ridiculous how simple this is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so simple. But you know what? You know what I play on my, on my $900 fucking iPhone when I'm bored? Solitaire. No, I play, I play car. I play oh, poker. Yeah. Same thing. P- poker. I played poker on those games and I play poker on my phone. You yeah. know, it's like I don't play Call of Duty Modern Warfare on my phone. No. You know, right. it's just like, and, and it's probably part of my generation. I'm sure there's a shitload of people that play it on their phone, but I don't. And, but yeah, man, those, those are like the shit that we used to do on road trips to keep ourselves entertained. I, I would have to think that at some level that hasn't changed or have as has phones changed at all. I don't know. What do you mean has phones? Like if, if I was to take my, if my kids were nine and 10 years old and I took them on a road trip, are they going to be playing those same games or are they going to be sitting there on phones well, or that's iPads the thing that, and just silence? I think that wholly depends on the parent. True. You know, cause it's like, cause my kids won't have phones at nine and 10. Right. Exactly. And so if you hand them one of them fucking bubble games where they shoot the rings on the seahorses, they would probably sit back there and be like, dad, dad, I got almost all of them, dad, I'm so close. And they would be super pumped about it. And they would probably tell you about it. But if they're on their phones, they're not going to tell you shit. Sure. You know, it's like, I remember getting excited about almost getting it. And, not, and then all of a sudden, like my sister would hit it out of my hand or something. <laughs> and I'm like, fucking it. And then you're fighting in the back seat, you know, and it's like. My mom is smacking us with her hand behind the back seat and telling us to sit down and shut up because we're not seat belted in. It's like, it just depends on like what you're willing to deal with. So I remember the first time that like we did the TV on the back seat thing Mm. for a movie. And it was like, I kind of felt bad about it. I was like, ah, I'm becoming one of those people that just doesn't want to deal with their kids when you're on a road trip. But it's like the idea, because we had all the kids, it was that Yellowstone trip. And it was so, it was like, fuck it, we're going to give it a try. And and, and part of it was like every one of their friends, every time they went on a road trip of like, if my kids went to a soccer game with one of their friends' folks, there was a fucking TV hanging out the backseat so they could watch a show for a a 45-minute drive. You know, it's like, oh, we should get one of those because so-and-so has them. And then pretty soon everybody's got them. And then they start building cars with the fucking TVs Mm -hmm. in them all the time. 
And so it's like, all right, so we got the TVs and, and it was okay, but it was like, and they, they did have like some, like a Game Boy, yeah. you know, but like even a Game Boy, they would pass it around. It wasn't so immersive like the phones are today, like device, like iPads and phones and the, and the PlayStation Portable and the Nintendo Switch, you know, it's like they just pass it around and everybody played Tetris or something, sure. you know, um, Sonic the Hedgehog or something like that. That's Sega, I guess. Yes, um, it was. You're right. It is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I still have my Game Boy Color. Do you? Fuck yeah, I do. How old is that? I don't know. It's bright neon green. How old is it? I don't know. That's what fucking color it was. <laughs> whenever whenever Game Boy <laughs> Color came out, that was my jam. Yeah. What yeah. was your game on it? Like, what did you play? What was uh, I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, <laughs> Tony Hawk. Dude, that dude has, like, he's made himself an icon just with his video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was an iconic skateboarder. And always, he is an iconic skateboarder. But his video games have, like, he's, yeah. done, he's done well. I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And then uh, it's, like, Super Mario Deluxe. It has, like, the regular well, Super like Mario. One, two, three? Just one, two. Oh, just one, two? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, man, that's that's the stuff, and it has a little light that clicks up, so you can actually see the screen because it's so what? fucking dark. Oh yeah, they had to do that. Yeah, I never had Game Boys ever. Game yep. Boy was never yeah. like my my jam. I never had like an original. I used to have. <laughs> I so they used to make. Oh, it was such nasty shit too. It was gum, and it was like a big fucking square of it. And it was pink, but it was individually wrapped, like in foil. And then, they like, is it is it the same gum that used to come in baseball cards? Uh, like thin, crispy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But then you you would have a case for it, and my case looked like a Game Boy. Really? Yeah. And so it's like I'm pretending to play Game Boy because I didn't have one, <laughs> but it's just a fucking plastic case holding gum. <laughs> you know, it's like that's fucking cool though. So like that's. I I have a high appreciation for that. Like I had a friend of mine who's she wouldn't let her daughter have a phone yet, and so um and so, like one day her daughter was like, she had this cell phone in her hand. It was a it was an iPhone, and she's walking around with it right, and then she'd be like acting like she's fucking texting or something. And I'm like, oh, you let her have a phone? She's like, no, she's just pretending. It's like <laughs> she's like, I think she's doing it. Right in front of me, so it would make me feel bad because she could actually text her real friends if she wanted to, but she can't because I won't let her. <laughs> and so, eventually, she got her the phone. But it was like there's there was this thing where we we had this imagination where we could just like we could put ourselves in that place, yeah, and pretend like you know it looked like a Game Boy. I'm gonna play some fucking Game Boy. There was nothing happening, but in your mind, it was like, oh yeah, hey, you know, you were doing it. I love that. So my we read my son books every night. And on some of the books, on the back of the book, they have, like, different books that are in that series of books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like Clifford, the Big Red Dog yeah. or something. And, um, like, he'll be like, oh, I want to read that one. I'm like, oh, well, we don't have it. And he goes, it's okay. And he'll fold his hands out like he's reading a book. And he'll tell me an entire story based on the cover that he saw. Oh, dude, that's so fucking awesome. It is fucking awesome. That's why you don't want to give your kid a fucking iPad on a road trip. Yeah. It's right fucking there. Like, Well, he also watches an iPad all the time at my mom's. Well, it's annoying. You you can't you can't fix can't it. win them you all. You can't fix grandparents, bro. Because I'm gonna tell you, like grandparents, as much as like I know, because I like grandparents. 
at Christmas time, it's like they get them all the fucking bullshit that you don't want them to have. And like, that's what grandparents do. It's like their job, but they're so fucking awesome to have yeah. grandparents. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is what it it's is. A, it's, awesome. it's a trade off. I think it's a trade off with grandparents. Well, now he wants. <laughs> so we're like, he's, he's my eldest is pretty well potty trained. Yeah. Um, but when he has to take a dump and he sits there, he wants to be left alone, but then he wants to watch like your phone or your iPad. So he could just sit there and watch something while taking a crap. So he's taking after the old man. <laughs> and so, but he's, <laughs> he's figured it out now where even if he doesn't have to, he goes, I have to go potty. I'm like, okay. He goes, can I watch your phone? I have to poop. And, and then he'll sit there. I'm like, do you actually really have to poop? He goes, no. <laughs> just sitting there watching my phone. Get off, dude. <laughs> dude is playing you, man. They're smart. He fucking smart kids are smart, kid. man. They're, you know, I think we're all that fucking smart. It's just as we get older, we have more bullshit floating around in our brains. We don't have to, you know, we don't have the time to think about it. Like, he's got all fucking day to figure out how he can get that phone, you know? And it's just like, how can I get that phone? <laughs> what if I pretend that I got to take a shit? That's fucking genius. <laughs> He's like, I am going to rule the world. I am the king. <laughs> yeah, it's smart, man. It's like, of course. You know, it's like it's like a little Tom Sawyer. Who's gonna who am I gonna get to help me whitewash this fence? This is so much fun, guys. You can check this out. You know, it's like kids are like fucking geniuses because they don't have all the bullshit. It's yeah, like that makes sense. Intellectual knowledge holds so much power, but like just being able to be a free thinker and figure shit out. I think is is equally as if not more important in life than that than that all powerful intellectual knowledge. You know, like I can re, I can tell you a quote from a from a fucking Shakespeare. You know that will apply to this situation. That's kind of cool, but it's like if I can figure out how to get my car unstuck from the snow right. with a, with a rock and a stick or something. Problem solving. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but our brains I think change over time to a different kind of thinking you know like my son was telling me in college he's like he's like all i'm doing is just learning something repeating it for a fucking test and forgetting it yeah he's like this not i'm like not learning shit he's like there's one class i've got environmental studies i think where he's like i actually learn things and and, and they stick around you know and it's like environmental studies you're figuring out how to figure shit out you know it's like what happens when something like a forest fire or like you got trees with diseases or plants or what you know those are the things that like he's remembering and and it's not like you know that that uh elite intellectual knowledge of art and and theater and books and um where you can recall specific quotes and it's like that stuff is very romanticized and I think it's awesome to know things. I, I'm not trying to talk down on it. But it's very romanticized. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's like how useful is it really Other outside of like socializing? Sure. You know, outside of in social interaction. I mean, understanding history and like learning Marcus Aurelius and, and like world and, and like wars and famines and understanding like you can you can use that knowledge for when things happen in the future um but it's like yeah learning how to fucking how to uh, uh what was the word you use improvise or whatever mm. problem solve problem solving improvising like having that skill set 
is so valuable and it, I think Absolutely. it's highly devalued in our educational system. You know? Yeah, it I feel like a lot of and maybe this is again changed, but based on my experience, a lot of it is in the school system, it's just articulating facts that you know that math is super important yes right because math you actually have to think and solve a problem yeah um and and i mean that applies in sciences too sure and i'm not devaluing like english and language arts but it some i feel like a lot of it has to do with just memorizing something and there's not i don't know like you said there's not a problem solving aspect there's not a free thinking aspect there's not a critical thinking aspect it's just rinse repeat what i saw on this page yeah so i think so i know um a friend of mine she's a woman she's a college professor and i think she teaches english maybe it's just literature i i, I don't know what her degree is but it's a lot of um reading and and, and writing and and uh, uh she teaches cre- maybe it's creative writing it might be it i think in in those venues there is problem solving to a degree and there is critical thinking because when you have a really great professor or teacher and they challenge you to think about something beyond the words on the page, Mm -hmm. you know, and say, what does this mean to you? I think you're delving into a personal discovery about yourself and about how you absorb different information. And I think that is very valuable. It's just the, like, you know, Jason Moyer said it, bunch of times when we were on and he was here it's like wash rinse repeat so it's like read this write it down on a piece of paper hand it to me i'm going to give you a grade and at the end of the week we're going to test you on it and see how well you remembered mm-hmm. the shit you read and that you wrote down and what's the point yeah like what the fuck is the point of that my i'm I, as you're saying this i'm think i'm trying to remember or recall high school specifically high school um and maybe i did have quite a bit of or quit quite a bit less of the repeat this than I'm saying right now. I think it's more now than it was then. Yeah, I think actually there was quite a bit of what what does this mean and why does it mean that way and a lot of more thought process behind what it was. Now I will say college was a lot of rinse repeat. Yeah. Read rinse repeat. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. What the to get a freaking to, to say did it, you did it. Yeah, to say you did it. So when an employer is looking at you as a potential hire, they can check off the box and say you have a degree. Right. You know, whereas someone who doesn't have the degree could be as or more qualified for the position, but they don't have the box, so they don't get the job. Yeah. You know, for those kinds of jobs. I think that's changing. We talked about that a little I bit with do, Connor. I do also. Um in fact, I had this conversation with uh, Karen, my boss. Okay. We were talking about, if you, for those who have a degree, does it matter where you got the degree? For instance, does a law degree from University of Wisconsin hold the same weight as a law degree from Harvard? Okay. And I think the trend, like, nationally is no. But I think the trend, or I think that weight still holds in smaller communities. For instance, someone in my position in Baraboo doesn't see a Harvard graduate often. So when I do see it, there's going to be weight there. Absolutely. Right. But if I'm in New York 
and I see Harvard or any other school, does it maybe not hold that same weight? See, I was thinking the exact fucking opposite of what you just said. I was thinking in a rural area and I need a lawyer. It's like, and someone comes in from Harvard and someone comes in from UW. I'm like, if you're a fucking good lawyer, this is my personal view, then I need a good lawyer. It's like Harvard doesn't mean a lot to me mm-hmm. because it's like, it just means you spend a lot more money on your education. But like if I'm in Manhattan and I only run with elite fucking people and, and all of my friends only use lawyers from Harvard, then I'm going to be like, oh, I better get me a fucking lawyer sure. from Harvard. Where it's like if I was in Manhattan and some kid comes in and he's a lawyer from, from Wisconsin, UW, and they're like, from where? Okay, then maybe lawyer's the wrong thing the wrong thing because when i when i was referring to i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just no, saying no, no. like that's i but just I'm read saying it maybe that doesn't uh doesn't hold the same weight as say like someone in the tech industry like tech right now is huge into i don't even think they care about degrees and that's kind of the trend as far as like the ceos goes like yeah i dropped out of college or high school or whatever and i created something amazing so right um and so maybe maybe a lawyer's the wrong one but do you care where your doctor went to school as long as they can do the job? Fuck no. Exactly. No. I. But yeah, I think that in the, in the top 10% of the country, they do. I think that's where the prestige still comes. Because like fucking Harvard and Princeton and Yale and <clears throat> Baylor, all those, those schools, their fucking, their, their admissions are like quadruple mm-hmm. what they used to be. And now, but they're accepting less people and charging more money to make it even more prestigious. I think that because there's such a socioeconomical divide between the haves and have-nots, that that is where the value of where you went to school lies. Not in in the day-to-day, everyday mundane, you know, middle, even upper middle class. Like, I don't think it, it matters in that vein the biggest impact that name Harvard has on people is when you're talking about someone who's got a hundred million dollars, you know, it's like they only want the best of the best. And, and in their circle, they can only come from one place and that's Harvard or or wherever the fuck when it comes to, you know, whatever they're dealing with, you know, I think personally, that's just my thought. It's just, yeah, that's, that's what makes sense to me. That's why I think it's still a thing. Like the whole College of Mystics scandal movie. Have you seen that? The uh, Varsity, Operation Varsity Blues? No. It was that one that Lori Laughlin got caught in with a... I, I saw her get caught where she was like bribing or yeah. something like that to get her kid into a school. Yeah. So, oh, shout out to my... The fucking man. The one and only Peter Etzweiler living in LA, California. Moved out there a few years ago to follow his dream like a bad motherfucker that he is. <laughs> And he just he he uh, he was the assistant director, which is a big fucking spot. That's an important fucking role on a crew for the uh, Operation Varsity Blues. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go watch that bitch. It's fucking awesome, and uh, um, it's a great movie. Um, but it's like, so there's this dude who um, he got in really good with a lot of elite schools um, through, uh, bribes and shit for, through athletic, um, directors and through admissions people. And then, um, he would get these really high profile. He so the dude started out early on in his career. I'm, I just told you to watch the movie. So 
I might spoil a little bit of it. I'll try not to spoil a lot of it. <laughs> um, he uh, he started out early in his career as just like a dude that just helped people get into college. Like he was, he, I think he sure. was a coach. Okay, he was a coach early on. Then coaching, he he washed out of coaching, and so then he started like he was just a uh, a guy you would hire to help your kid cram for exams and get ready for big name schools. And he was he did well at it, but then he figured out a way to like kind of tweak the system a little bit to say, okay, well, if I can, a lot of people can say they can increase your chances of getting your kid into school. Like I know the athletic director here, I can guarantee it, mm. but it's going to cost you a lot. So these schools have like really, really wealthy people will give huge fucking donations yep. to colleges to get maybe a chance for their kid to get a spot in their school, which is so prestigious. So it's not even guaranteed. They'll give a fucking $40 million to a, a school, but it's like maybe your kid's going to get in. This guy was actually getting kids in. And so, of course, all these elites that had to have a kid that went to UCLA or Stanford or Harvard or wherever, they had to get them in. Mm. So they were paying him so much money, and he would take some of that money, he would bribe off an athletic director, and a lot of people know this part of the story where he would say one of the students was a water polo player who's never played water polo in their fucking life. They're from Iowa, you know, and it's like, you know, some little town in Iowa. But he would do this photoshopping and superimpose their pictures to, you know, look like a water polo player or a, or a, a crew row, rower, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they would get in that way because because of the, the, the under the table shit he was handing to these athletic directors. So anyway, it's a good fucking movie, um, but it was like, it really showed how these super fucking elite um, earners, like in high income earners, uh, elite uh, celebrities and shit, how important it was for their students, for their kids to go to these to schools. To go to that specific school. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, the kids didn't give a fuck. It was all about the adults. No, well, they're already in an in a situation where they're set, they could do nothing and they'd be fine. Right. So it's like, it, it really yeah, goes the to parents, show. The parents want to say their kid went to that school. Or right. Whatnot. How fucked is that? Like, all it is is this thing, kind of going back to the different kind of intelligence, it's also they can talk about it. They can show off yeah. verbally in conversation, my kid went to Stanford. My kid, you know, specialized in this. And it's like, your kid went to Stanford, got a four-year degree, and came home and lived off of your money again. Right. You know? But it's like, it's uh, uh, they're paying millions and millions of dollars just so their kid can go to school that the kid doesn't give a fuck about. You know? Yeah. And so then a big piece of the scandal was that there were a lot of kids that had the grades, that had the the uh, the skills to go to these athletic right, programs. Right, they didn't have a spot anymore. That right? they didn't get a spot. Because someone else paid and took the spot, yeah. for, and and they weren't even part of the, you know what they said they were. So kudos to my bro Peter, fantastic job on the movie Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this right now, go watch it. It's fucking awesome. And my friend makes a little cameo right at the very last like ten minutes. He's an FBI agent. All and right, all you out there, if you can pick him out. Send his photo into the website. I'll give you a prize if you if you don't know who he is and you pick the right guy. I, it's only going to happen once. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to get, but it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can't know him, 
So it means you, Bill, because I know you're listening to this motherfucking thing and you're not sitting in this office with us helping us figure this shit out. So fuck you. You cannot have a chance at winning no. the super special prize. All right. Anyway, so yeah. that's Send it in. Send it in. Either via f- voice message on Anchor or to our email address. <laughs> yeah, what's... do, 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 do We you, do. It's, it's long. It's, it's kyle.ike.conversation. Fuck. You're going to have to keep that in your favorites. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I've been putting a link so you can just copy and paste oh, so in that's, the, sh- in that's the nice. podcast notes. So the link's in the podcast. Look it up. Um, Kyle's a man that watches this shit, so he's going to be. I hope it's working. So I forwarded that. I figured not many people are going to email us, right? But, right. I'm hard. All right. So for the time being, I simply forwarded that email to my personal email. So if okay. someone does email, hopefully it just pops up. Yeah, doesn't go straight to your fucking trash. I, I I've checked it once. No one, no one emailed. No one emailed. Did. Okay, well, slackers. If anybody does email, you know, if you want us to talk about something, if you want to put input on something, this whole shit is supposed to spark conversations. So yeah, feel it, free. If you want to call me out on my bullshit that I generally spew a couple times during the podcast, and yeah. I think I'm right and I'm wrong, just do it. Oh, maybe we should challenge people. We were talking about. I mean, the, this whole little segment sparked on. Does a prestigious ivy league school hold the same weight let us know what yeah. do you think yeah let's, yes or no what's that let's let's start Does it a poll. hold weight to you yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna get, oh we gotta figure out how to start polls yeah we could do a poll like uh yeah, yeah. what's that survey monkey thing like that i don't know you know what survey monkey is right i know but we don't have like demographical input info on our listeners is- i can't send them a survey monkey link but i could put something in the show notes you should put something in the show notes it's going to be a poll, and it's going to have all the three fucking people on there. It's going to say, does Ivy League school hold weight? Yes, no, I'm Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill. And yeah. I expect one person yeah, to say Bill's Bill. Yeah, Bill's going to fill it up. You know, Bill's pretty good at, like, he's always, like, sharing little fucking tidbits of information with me. And he's like, I'll just send you a link. He like hammer out an email to me. It's like... If I send some, if I tell someone, oh, there's this really cool fucking thing, I'll send you a link later. I, it's like fucking seven times out of ten, I don't. Because you forget. Because I forget. Fuck I yeah, I forget. Like I'm just so bad at that. Like, kudos to you, brother. Like I know half that, that shit. Follow I don't through, even, man. I, I know, I know. I don't even like half of it. I don't even respond to. It's like, and like a week later, he's like, "Did you get that link?" It's like, "Oh yeah, I did get that link. Actually, thank you. That was kind of cool." But. I don't know. I just, mm. I'm just. I grew up in such, such an, an instantaneous asshole. world. I'd want you like, send it, boy. Send it. Let's go. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. Like, see. Man, I'm fucking working. I'll send it later. <laughs> uh, you can send it now. Yeah. Maybe. No. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm bad about that shit. I'm yeah. bad about that. Hey, can we take a quick break? Yeah, man. Let's All right, brother. It. We'll be right back. Bye. We're back. We are back. Hello. What's up, everybody? I was saying with screwdrivers, so I have multiple screwdrivers and multiple sizes, and they're all strategically now placed in my house. I have my basement set, which is my good set. I have my, <laughs> my basement set. I have my drunk junk drawer set. So just like if my kid has a toy that needs a new battery or something, yep, then I don't have to go to the basement. And now I have a garage set. So, I, I used to just have the one in the basement, and every time I needed a tool. I had to go to my basement to get it, and it was really annoying. That's a long fucking ways to walk, bro. No, it, it wasn't bad, <laughs> but if I grabbed the wrong thing, because I would never grab multiple things like Phillips head, right? They have zero, ones, twos, et cetera, like the size of the Phillips head, and if I needed 
in reality a zero, but I grabbed a one, then I'd go back downstairs and grab a zero, and it's just kind of a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt. Okay, so we're back. Um, and funny thing, this is so two things here. We do this this fucking thing. So when we go to take a piss, we're always talking about the same shit we talk about when we're sitting in here. So, but it's always a complete tangent from what we were talking about when we left. And then we carry our piss conversations back in. Yeah, we do. To the podcast. It's awesome though. So, so this, this is, is carryover pee conversation. Yeah, this is our pee conversation. You wanted so, to feel like you were in there with us. Yeah. So just pretend we're all we're all snuggled up to the urinal, leaning in a little bit. If you got the one arm lean, or our the, toes are touching. Yeah, you got the wide stance and narrow stance. You know, look straight ahead at the wall. Visualize the tiles with the dirty grout. Wait, not, not to stop this. Do you have a wider narrow stance? I well, it depends on the size of the urinal, but mine's generally a little bit wider. Same here. I yeah. feel like if you have a narrow stance, like you're just. You're squeezing everything. Yeah, you don't like want. You can't. You got to let it hang. I, I agree, but sometimes if you got a bunch of people standing next to each other, the stance gets narrowed up a little bit. Then I have to go to a standard stance. Well, no, then you, <laughs> then you have to go to the fucking stall because you don't want to be standing next to somebody. Anyways, we all know the answer to that. Oh, he wants to change the subject now, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so we're standing there, and we're like, he's Kyle says to me, "Did you know?" Well, no, 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 no. We walked out, and the door squeaked. Yeah. And you said, oh, you need to oil that. Oh, okay, so super backstory. We walk out the door, squeaky fucking door. I said, need some throw some oil. And he said, I got to throw some cheap oil. What'd you, what you, what was said, the name? I said REM oil, which REM is just oil. like a gun oil. Yeah, okay, so he's going to throw some REM. Is that like Remington? REM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you use Remington oil? And you like? No, what? I got it for free, but I refuse to use it on anything but stuff I don't care about. So, so you use the Remington oil on like hinges? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Gun oil on hinges? Interesting. I've never, I've never even thought of that. Or my, oh, here's another side tangent. My son's like Hot Wheels or other toy cars that squeak. Yeah. Spray a little on that little the little, stick the little axle, axle, axle that goes yeah. in between the plastic and super quiet then. Yeah, but then it's like all like it's wet. No, 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 no. You just use a dab. Yeah. Well, so anyways. I don't dab very good with a can of fucking oil. I'm just like, you're more meticulous than I am. So we're talking about oils. We're looking at the tile, you know, trying not to like let the gaze follow too far to the other direction, you know, because it would heaven forbid. And Kyle says to me, did you know WD-40 is not really an oil? And so I'm like, what do you mean it's not fucking oil? It's penetrating oil, right? Like I've been using WD-40 like my whole fucking life. So I'm like, I got to look it up because Bill's not here to look it up doing his fucking job. And so uh, there's this uh, first thing that pops up on, on the Googs is uh, the product is not really a lubricant. Fact, while WD in the WD-40 stands for water displacement, didn't know that, um, it is not truly a lubricant. It's a degreaser, right? Um, says, so sorry, over 60-year-old formulation of WD-40 multi-use product, da 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 secret today. Um, uh, da, 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 da. products formulation also contains an anti-corrosion agent ingredients and ingredients for penetration, water displacement, and soil removal. So it's really like, it's not supposed it's an to anti, last. It's an anti-rust basically with no lubricant. Is that what I'm it, reading? Penetrating? It's a penetration, water displacement, and soil removal. It's like, that's what it's agents and ingredients do. And they and there's no so there's they won't tell you the the it's like a, it's like the fucking secret sauce like Heinz fifty seven oh, yeah, yeah. or something, um but you don't eat it, and uh, so but 
it's a uh, uh, it's like a cleaner. Yeah. But I mean, WD forty. I use it as a lubricant for everyone. Every. Does. It's everyone like you throw does. it on hinges. You throw it on like toolboxes. Like it's fucking everywhere. But it doesn't last, right? No. So maybe that's maybe that was the sales tactic initially is fucking spray this as a lube because we know it's not going to last. You're going to have to re-lube whatever you're lubing every that's fucking week and a half. Genius. But they'll never call it a lubricant. They call it a penetrating oil. Yeah. Or penetrate. What do they call it? Penetrating something. Anyway, so it's yeah. it's it's more of like a, it's a degreaser. Yep. It's a cleaner, and it's a penetration. So if you're thing. so if you're looking to actually like lubricate something, WD forty is not the most efficient. No. So um, there's a uh, that makes me think about there's another one a buddy of mine told me about called JB eighty. And he's like, JB80 is so much fucking better than WD-40. And uh, now I got to look up that one because Bill's not here as well. So, um, like, when I think WD-40, I think of, like, oh, this this bolt is rusted on. But I could probably break it loose if I had a little help. And so I'll spray WD-40 on it and let it sit and hopefully, a.k.a. penetrate said rust until I can break it loose. Or in, it's it's a or cleaner if I, penetrator, it's a cleaner, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll like it'll like help free up the rust and shit. So I stopped using WD forty probably about seven eight years ago when my my old boss told me about this product called JB eighty, and he's like JB eighty is ten times better than WD forty, and so I just looked up JB eighty. It actually is a lubricant. Yeah, so of so course it's going to be better at lubricating. But it 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 also it 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 looks and feels and acts very similar to WD-40 when you apply it as well. So I wonder if it's kind of best of both worlds where it's penetrated, it cleans, you can blow some shit out with it because yeah. it's got the little red tube. You know what? Them fucking tubes, they got to make a better process with that shit. That tube, I always lose that motherfucker. Well, and it's just taped on when it's there, right? Yeah, it's it's barely stuck to the side of the can. It, it like sometimes you put it into the fucking nozzle on the on the can and it falls out mm-hmm. like instantly. What the fuck is that? Or you can't get it in there. So, do you always use the tube, or are there times where you don't? Generally, I do use the tube. So now I actually have a can of WD forty at my house, um, and it's integrated. It like. They built it in. It flip like it flips up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that one, and that's smart because it's about fucking time to do it. Cause I, but I'm looking like I'm Everything looking at else, your. Yeah. Is that Little a air duster? Yeah, you got yeah. those air dust cans. A tube just fucking disappears. Yeah, you know, it's like I got I I um put in some new garage door openers, and so I bought some garage door lubricant. So many fucking different kinds of lubricant. Um, is that like a grease? Is that more grease? It's more grease. Yeah. It's it's like um yeah, it's more of like a white lithium. Mm. Um. But uh, uh, the little red tube—it was only—it's only like an inch long, so it's even worse. Oh sure, you know, because like you drop that fucker, where you good luck finding it, you know. And so I don't know. It's one of those things with with tools and shit that like it's always kind of bothered me. And, and the WD forty. So here's the thing: when they integrated the flip up, it costs you a buck more now. Oh yeah, you know. And so it's like we solved the problem that we created, and we're going to charge you for it. Fuck, you know. What did WD forty used to cost? I I, I don't know. I haven't bought it in seven years, but I know it was more expensive with the flip up can. Sure, flip up can is more expensive than regular. Yeah, I think a can was like four bucks. Yeah, yeah. Now it's probably like five bucks. No, like when I got recently was four. Oh, four bucks. It was probably three bucks. Probably, probably. You seen the little pens? Little WD forty pens? No, 
Like it's got a little uh, needle point on it or something? Yeah, so you push on it, and it like emits a little bit of yeah. WD-40. So I have a, I, I'm a firearms guy, and so I have some cleaning products and lubrication products. <laughs> um, so I do have one that is like an all-in-one. It's a cleaner plus lubricant. It was so fucking bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> products. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah. So I have one that's an all-in-one, but then I also... For like my little minuscule pieces of metal, it does have, it's like a little bottle. It's like a one ounce bottle and it's got a little needle point at the end. So it's just a dropper. A little I dabber. Can, yeah. I yeah. can get exactly what I want, where I want it. It's um, the little, the little dabber of things you got to like, it's, they're so specific. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. you like, you really got to have a use for it. I like. I remember buying one. Like, oh, that's fucking cool. I gotta have one of those. Gotta put one of those in my toolbox. Never fucking use it. Just sat there for like two years, like until yeah. I moved again, and then I gave it to somebody or sold it or tossed it out or something. So it's like I don't know. There's there's like so many applications, so many different little things. We, I think they're we're like tinkerers as people. Like we're always trying something different, trying something new. And there's always got to be a new tool for this new thing that we're doing, yeah. right? So, like... Specific tool for a specific job. Right. So, like, how many people are going through the fucking line at the checkout and are like, ooh, look at those little tiny screwdrivers. That's fucking cool. Nah, that's all product placement. They know what they're doing. I know, but they they exist because people, like, one out of 10 people, maybe one out of 20 people will actually try to fix their fucking eyeglasses. You, you don't know? have a pair of, like... Uh a little set like that fuck yeah i got a pair of it yeah. i don't ever use it oh i use mine all the time i don't use it uh-uh i just, use mine all the time in a little clear package yep. in my basement yep. sitting yep. on a little on a hook on the wall mm. i bought it put it on the hook going oh yeah never fucking took so, it off to be fair i use mine all the time but generally speaking for kids things right Okay, so that's super fair because when I had little kids and there was electronics and yeah, shit like that. That all uses I, those tiny ones. Yeah, so I had more of like a mechanics version okay. of that as opposed to the eyeglass repair kit. Um, and it was like, you know, for like, you can buy them and they're they're really handy for like electrical components mm-hmm. and shit. That's what I bought. Yep. So I I do have that set in my tool bag for for the work I do. So, like, if I'm in somebody's house and they, they got a light fixture that's fucked up and it's, like, one of those little LED compact whatever and you need the little screwdriver, I use it for that. But it's, like, the general homeowner who doesn't have glasses or, like, you like before I do what I do, I never use it. Mm. And the one I have at home for home use, I never use for anything. Interesting. You know, it's just, like, I don't... um I don't have eyeglasses. No. Yet. It's, they're probably coming. And when they do, better believe I'm fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This, it's crazy the amount of research and um, fucking intentionality stores put in product placement. Oh, my God. There's, like, specialists. Yeah. I, I don't even want... I don't know the, the stats, so I don't want to even dive to into this but like even just the cereal aisle like every cereal is placed intentionally and, uh, and on a right certain height. shelf yep. on the right height and yep. it's just well there's always like you know it's like when you 
my my learning of that actually always came back from like when I would hear people talk about top shelf liquor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, that's top shelf liquor. So that's it's a shit right at eye level, you know, or maybe a little higher than eye level because it's special, you know. But that's the shit that's like you're gonna buy. You know, you get the top shelf, which is a little higher than eye level. Then you got the shit that's like medium shelf. That's the stuff you're gonna buy most often. And then you got the bottom shelf, which is the cheapest version of whatever is on the middle shelf. Yeah. And they don't want you to buy that, but it's there because you got to offer it, right? So to your point, yeah, everything is at a specific level on the Mm -hmm. shelf for that purpose. It's a a fucking science. It's like how wide are the aisles? They're measured. It's a science. How long are the aisles? How many end caps? What goes on the end caps? Like Marcus, you know who Marcus Lemonis is? No. He has a show called The Prophet, and he's a fucking ninja. Like, he's surgical with that shit. So he's, he'll go and um, people will call him and say, I got a business that's struggling and I need some help. You know, and, and like, if it's a retail business, he'll be like, okay, he'll go into the store. And like, the fuck you got this shit right when you walk in? You can't have this shit right when you walk in. This is the kind of stuff you have in the far right corner because you're not going to sell much of it. You, you got to have it, but it's not the products you're going to sell the most. So you can put this shit out here. And then when you're walking out the door on your right-hand side, because most people are right-handed, this is the kind of shit you want to have there mm. because it's going to be easiest to reach out and play with it and be like, oh, maybe I'll have one of those too. You know, and he's like so good at it. I can walk into a store now because I've seen that show so many times. It's a really fun show. Um, I think it's on Hulu. But I've seen that show so many times. I can walk into a store and I'll look at Stephen like, oh, it's the fucking Marcus Lemonis, this goddamn store. <laughs> REI. You ever go to REI Madison? I, not often. I've been in there. They are fucking lethal killers of getting that last minute sale. Like they've got this row, and especially now that it's COVID, you go, they got the big lines, you know? Yep. So you got to go through this little maze of, uh, of a line to get to the front checkout. And it's stacked with all the cool shit that's like, you don't fucking need it. But right? it's just cheap enough. It's, it's just cheap enough, and it's just cool enough. It's like those little stickers that you put on your car, like if you're a big traveler and you're just hitting all the states. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a, like a, it's a picture of a fucking tree, but it's a really cool tree, and you can stick it on your car to show the world, I like trees, or I'm a traveler, or whatever. Or they've got the keychain that's a carabiner. And a beer bottle opener at the same time. It's like, oh, fuck, that's pretty sweet. I better get me one of those. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, I didn't think I needed a cliff bar, but that looks pretty good. So I'm going to get me one. Of, it's all those little things. Mm-hmm. And he, he like, he was the first person I saw, like, talk about the science of that. And of it's the like, impulse buy? Yeah, of the impulse buy and of the product placement of, like, and, like, even um, these, like, he's like, you got to get people away from, like if you like have uh, some really good shoe oils or something or something you want to sell for shoes, don't put it right next to all the shoes because it's like it's too overwhelming. So, but when you're walking out of the shoe department and you just bought a brand new pair of fucking boots and there's some really nice high end leather polish on your way out, it's right there on hand. It's like, oh, I should probably get some of that. Yeah, for these shoes I just bought. For these shoes I just bought, although I'll probably never use it. Yeah, you know, it's it's like he was a uh, really good at that. I read this article, so during the pandemic, which is interesting because all the restaurants, the article was about the pandemic. This is a small tangent. Um, everybody's going at so, such percentage of capacity, right? So um, pre-pandemic, I was reading an article about restaurants and how they place their tables. And, and um, 
there's these people that know spaces really well and they they they're hired to to go into restaurants and make the spaces just so so people like they'll get it down to like the 10 minute interval where how long people will sit down for their meal okay you know and it's like so if people sit down for a meal for 45 minutes say that's the optimal time because that means they might order a second bottle of wine but you don't want them sitting down longer than 45 minutes because you want to turn them over, right? So it's like you got to balance like how much money you're going to make on that new ticket past 45 minutes or if someone stays longer than 45 minutes. And so this woman was talking about how there was this restaurant in New York City she went to, and it only sat, I think it only sat like 12 people, really high-end <laughs> restaurant, sits 12. Um, and... uh there were these two tables out of the 12 that were high top tables um, that were by the window. And um, this guy, when he, he took one booth out and he put these two high tops in because he thought it would be fucking awesome. You know, two high tops by the window, you get the sunshine, people are going to love it. And it turned out those were the two worst performing tables in this whole restaurant. And they break it down by the table by the hour so they can see how much money they're making to make the rent and to, like mm-hmm. how much they have charged for the food and all that shit. So this woman comes in and she's like, okay. She looks at the whole thing. She moves a few tables around and, and per fire code, there's only, you know, you can only have so many people in a restaurant and she's like, okay, so you take these two tables out and she's like, and you put one table there. He's like, what the fuck? So I'm going to go from seating six people possibly to three. He's like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to lose fucking money. She's like, just trust me. Take these two tables. You make it a low top. And she said, this table is way out in the open. Like everybody else is kind of at the middle back of restaurant. It's a little more intimate. They don't feel like someone's looking over their shoulder. But this table's right by the front fucking door, by the window. So everybody feels like they're being watched. Yeah. So they hurry up when they're there. They, they just like eat quick and get out. They don't buy the extra bottle of wine or anything like that. She says, you put a little half wall next to the table, and, and you've seen this in restaurants where, and I've seen it, the wall's just high enough where you can see over it, but it's just also just high enough that it makes you feel like you're, it's an intimate setting. Yeah. You're alone. But, it, but she's like, if you put it too high and you can't see out, then it gets claustrophobic and you don't want people to feel that way. So there's an exact measurement of these walls that you put up for, for seating at different size tables and different heights tables. And they would like, they would try 17 different chairs over a period of a month just to see which chair people sat in longer. You know, it's like, it's fucking crazy. The, the lengths they'll go to restaurant tours to make it the perfect thing. And I think that's like in those zones, like in downtown Manhattan, when your rent is, you know, whatever, 10, $15,000 a month, or whatever it costs to have a space compared to like a little, little place downtown baraboo i don't think they do that in downtown baraboo you know it's like we bought some chairs on amazon and this is what we're gonna sit in if it's uncomfortable fuck it you know yeah (laughs) it's like but these people go all the way down to the science of like the perfect chair that's just comfortable enough where you could sit for 45 minutes but after 45 minutes you're getting a backache Mm. we want you to leave at 45 minutes and that's why you know everything is done in just a way to get people out in 45 minutes. I'm saying 45 minutes. It could be told bullshit. It could be 55. I don't just Whatever that number yeah, is. Yeah, whatever though. that number is. They've got it down so fucking good that people will come in and sit 
for within like five or 10 minutes of that target number every time to create a perfect flow. And so then they can order that much food. They can, mm. you know, it's, it's wild, man. That is crazy. Yeah. It's the, the, the level of detail that this lady got into. And it's like, well, no wonder people pay so much money to have her come at their restaurant. You know, over the years, she's honed this fucking craft down to a science. You know, I bet you she don't have no fucking degree from Harvard. <laughs> she figured that shit out on her own. No, I don't know. You don't think so? You think they got a restaurant? Well, maybe they got a restaurant science degree. Probably. Cost you a couple hundred thousand probably, dollars a she's year. Pro- she's probably got some mix of degrees like psychology and yeah, it's true. restaurant science or whatever. Yeah. It's got to be a blend. I but don't know. Restaurant management, psychology, yeah. and something that's a, else. That's a pretty... Sp- specialized person yeah and she probably makes bank doing it so kudos to her oh yeah man she makes serious bank but she gets the results yeah well or she knows what the fuck she's talking about yeah you know and it, that's the key right you just gotta fucking deliver yeah if you can deliver no matter if you got a fucking degree or not unless so here's the thing right so if you want a restaurant in baraboo say you say you're gonna open up a little cafe right and um this dude's like okay so here's the deal like I, he, he hits you up and he's like I can guarantee you an extra thirty percent volume on your cafe. You, 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 year over year, thirty percent guaranteed. I'm going to maximize everything you do. I'm going to save you money in your kitchen. All these things. You pay me ten grand up front. I'm going to come in and I'm going to hook you up. It'll take me about two weeks. I'll get you all lined out. Would you say, like, if you're in the market for somebody like that, would you be more likely to hire somebody with a degree? Or would it, would you be more likely to hire somebody without a degree, but they both can prove you des- that they have results? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. They both come in with results. They both come in with good results, like they've they like they've got some good recommendations. Mm-hmm. They've done well in their industry, equally, mm-hmm. exactly across the board, equal results. And the guy with the degree. He's going to cost you a couple more grand because he's got a degree. So he's 12000 and the guy without a degree is, is 10000 Would that degree make a difference for you? No, because I would then, if if everything else is equal minus a degree, I would default to likability and personality. Yeah, you, you, yeah but you're only communicating over, he, he's, from, he's from LA. So it's like you don't really get to meet him yet. Maybe, maybe nowadays you'd Zoom him, but. Yeah, then no, I'd go. I'd save myself the two grand. Okay. Do you think I do you think it'd be the same if you had a million dollar business and you're and like No, I'll, I'd go with degree. Yeah. It's it's so fucking weird. It's like there's this stigma that goes with having a degree, you know, and we talked about it with Connor and many times before that, where it's just like there are certain things that you definitely need a fucking degree for. But other than that, it's just to say I have a degree and it makes, it gives people the warm fuzzies when they're spending a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, he's accredited. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, when you're dealing with something like in this example, feel like if you said I had a degree in it versus I don't, then I feel like maybe the stigma is one person just figured it out through experience and one person like knows the science behind it. Is that the stigma or is that the truth? Because I, I don't know. Probably the both. That's true. Well, like you said, though, so much of college is wash, rinse, repeat. You know, yeah, like, but at the same token, like even if it's wash, rinse, repeat, 
like you're being, I, I would hope in this example again, like you're being at least given the reasons why it's something is a certain way. And so if you can then articulate that to your customer, at least they have an understanding of why you're doing something. Whereas if I don't have a degree and I just figure this out, I'm like, yeah, no, no, it, it works. Well, of course. But I mean, you, I, I would think that if, if you couldn't articulate it, you wouldn't fucking hire the person. True. You know, like if, if they were on an equal playing field and they could both articulate, it wouldn't be like, yo man, like do just, it. Just, it works. Just fucking trust yeah, me. Just, just fucking trust me, man. Because like I did it this one time and it worked there. So, you know, I think you definitely have to be able to articulate it. So, so maybe with a, maybe with a, the education comes with a better ability to articulate what you're doing. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the case. You know, maybe maybe part of the education is being able to tell people how fucking good you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about selling yourself. Well, it is, absolutely. You know, you got to be able to sell yourself for sure, and it's like an education. I've, I like I said, I went to college, but it, like I went to a technical college, so it was a little bit different, but it's um maybe somebody should tell us Write in, send us a little blurb. If you went to school, what do you what did you figure out that was a was going to school was part of the process learning how to sell yourself, learning how to articulate better what it is you do to your potential clients if that's a field you went into. Um, did it teach you how to speak more affluently when it comes to what you do and mm -hmm. express yourself better? Um did it did you did it help you? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like here's my feelings on my specific degree, which is my own problem. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like a lot of it is just learn on the job type stuff. Right. And so, you know, I went to school for sport management and well, yeah, they threw out probably a bunch of fancy terms and we hit some high level stuff at the same token. It didn't actually prepare me to do jack shit. Isn't that the fucking truth with so much shit like that? And <clears throat> yeah. And so it's just, I, am I glad I have a degree? Absolutely. I, I am actually glad I went to mm -hmm. school uh, to college, but I don't know if it made me any more qualified to do what I do. Right. Maybe you learn the laws and you learn some of the, like the nuts and bolts, maybe yeah. of like the rules and, and certain ways things have to be done as far as like the, the management of the business. Right. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe there's some more like businessy side stuff of what I learned that I wouldn't have known. Um, but in my current role, for instance, like, yeah, just kind of. Well, how how much shit do we learn in our lives just by just by doing it? So it's like I think so much. Yeah, and, and I gave the example of um, uh, deer hunting and yeah. my dad and yeah, and how uh, that process went for me. And it's just that's how I learn. It's just throw me into the like, and I know it's a horrible way to like introduce people to things, but me as a individual, Is throw it? me into the wolves, man. So if it sounds it sounds horrible, right? Because it's like it's not nice. Um, but but the world isn't fucking nice. It's just not. It's like I think about like when I was a kid. Um, sometimes maybe it's nice. 
<laughs> so when I was a, when I was a kid, my family would um, when it was like came time to like, you know, when you're old enough to learn how to swim. Like we had a pool at the city, you know, and we'd mm-hmm. go to the pool. So we kind of learned that way. Like I didn't get swimming lessons when I was a kid. But when we would go out as a family, we'd always go to the river and we'd go tubing and shit. When you're a certain age, one of my uncles would just pick you up and throw you in a fucking river. That's what they did. Like that's how we learned to swim was just like if you can make it back to shore without having someone having to come out and save your ass, well, then you learned how to swim, mm. you know. Um, So it's like, but – when we're in that mode, we, the shit we learn imprints on us so deeply, you know, where it's like when you're in the mode and you're at the pool and you're laying on a little floaty and you're learning how to wave your arms and shit, it's like how much of that is actually imprinting us because it's so fucking easy sure. that we're we're looking at the water and sun and all the other fucking kids swimming around and the lady that's teaching us is nice and she's talking to us about our day and shit and it's like... How deeply are we learning those skills compared to when we get thrown in the fucking river? You know, it's like when you get thrown in the river, you're never going to forget that. Your your muscle memory is imprinted like fucking, it's like a scar. It's trauma. That's what they yeah, got. Hopefully you fucking is. come out it's of it. Fucking, that's, that's what I'm thinking. No, nobody in our family died. So it's like, it's it's a trauma and we're always diving into our childhood trauma and it's real shit and it fucks us up as adults. But trauma like that, on one hand, I can call it trauma. It's like, man, my fucking family, they didn't teach us shit. Fucking throw us in the river. We could have died. But nobody fucking died. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to let us die. They taught us how to swim in a way that's kind of fucked up. Like, <laughs> I never became like a really good swimmer, but I could save my ass if I needed to, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like... You know, and then and then as I got older and I learned that I wasn't going to die, it gave me some confidence to become a better swimmer on my own. You know, it's like when so with uh, when I went to school for printing, right? I went to to, to technical school, learn how to be a printing press operator, and they taught they teach you like all the shit you're supposed to do, right? And then when you go to work, I when I went to work, I realized like a lot of that shit didn't apply. You know, it's like the dude that's been there for 25 years, like when when I would, like, uh, when I first showed up to my job, you have to mix inks, mm-hmm. you know, CMYK, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And it's a, 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 we would weigh them to get a specific color, right? So you'd have a, a color palette, and you'd open it up and you'd look at the number for that color and you flip it over and it'd tell you how much of each ink you needed sure, for that color, sure. right? And then you would weigh it and then you'd mix it and it would be a little bit of this. So you'd tweak it a little bit here and there. And it was a like it was a very time consuming process. So um when I was learning how to when I would show up, I'm like, okay, where's your scales? Where's your measuring cups? Where's this? So I know how much ink in this. And the guy was like, fuck that. We don't have time for that bullshit. He's like, you pull, put some of it out on a piece of cardboard and you cut it into a pie shape with your, with your putty knife. And he's like, and you take half of the fucking pie and you throw it in. And the next one, you take a third of the pie and you throw it in. And he's just like, we'll get it. So he taught me how to mix ink in like a minute, in a, where it would have taken me 20 minutes before, mm. you know? And, and then I learned like, when you're when you're adjusting rollers and shit, it's like before you shut your machine down, 
you put on the stop button, you put on the safety badge, you make sure everybody knows the machine's down, and you go in there and you do your little adjustment, and then you start it back up. Well, when you do that, you got a lot of fucking waste because your your adjustments had to change and all this stuff, and you're throwing paper away. He's like, fuck it. He's like, you don't need to stop that shit. He says, just don't stick your finger in there. You know, and <laughs> he'd just make a little adjustment. Of course, the same guy ripped the fucking wad of hair out of his head. In the- <laughs> oh, he had long hair. This dude's name was Dick. Oh, his name was Dick Mercer, maybe? Fuck, it was a long time ago. Really fucking crazy old dude. Long hair, those glasses with the the like yeah. the golden tint, you know? He's like, yeah, man, you know, with the big mustache. He's a really skinny, wiry guy, and he's always, like, mm, agi- like, not agitated, but jittery, you know? And he'd just, like, pop in there, and he'd make quick adjustments on the machine this one fucking time. All of a sudden, he comes out of the, out of the press room, and he's holding this towel to his head. Like, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, oh, he's like, oh I just lost a little bit of hair. It's no big deal. <laughs> and he's like, I just got to go take care of something real quick. So he comes back like 15 minutes later, and he's got this, this like creamy shit stuck. And he's he was missing like a quarter-sized chunk of hair Jeez. on his scalp. And it was like. Just straight pulled. It was straight yanked out of his fucking head. Ugh. And then he's, and then he's in there, and he's pissed off because he's got to clean his machine because there's a hair everywhere, you know. And, and it was like. He just like he he was the fucking man, you know. <laughs> well, to simplify that thought process, how many of you listeners drive like you were taught to drive in driving school? Mm. Do you sit there on ten and two, or no. with proper placement, or with a radio at a certain level? Do you check your mirrors like you're supposed to check your mirrors? Fuck no. No. I I remember I was driving with my dad. We were coming up the bluffs, and uh, and. I looked in my blind spot to change lanes. I looked to the left and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like changing lanes. He goes, you should fucking know if a car's coming up. You don't have to look at that. <laughs> shit." <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? He goes, yeah. you should be paying attention enough where if a car's coming up on you, you should know it. Yep. He goes, you can look, but you shouldn't have to I'm like, okay, that's a different. Thanks dad. <laughs> that's a different school of thought. There. Yeah. No, yeah. I like, yeah, I, you know, that shit goes right out the window as soon as you get your license. Sorry about yeah. that. I had to step away from the mic a second. Like, I look at my kids, the way they fucking drive, they're fucking maniacs. Are they? Yeah. It's like, well, well maybe I'd say maybe Connor's not. I would say probably Connor's probably not as big a maniac driver. But, like, first time I rode with my son Bailey and even my, I mean, Kirsten's, she's a better driver than Bailey, but still, it's a little scary. But none of that shit applies. No, no. We get in the car. She's not looking at her mirrors to make sure everything's adjusted properly. She fucking plugs her phone in, checks a couple text messages, starts the car, and she just leaves. She doesn't look at shit. Yeah. You know? And and that's like generally, that's a fucking great example because nobody does that. Who does 10 and 2? No. I hold the bottom with one hand. Yeah. I hold the top with one hand. Yeah. Sometimes my arm's resting on my knee and I got the side. I will say old people do 10 and 2. Sure. Like maybe that's the thing, right? Is that when when we're young and when we're old, we're about at the same skill level. Our reaction time and all that mm-hmm. shit, it's about the same. So it's like old people got to have both hands on the wheel because they're not as quick and they can't turn the wheel as hard. So they got to be fucking ready. 
you know, and it's like, and they slow down well, way sooner and they turning speed the up. wheels a lot different now too than when they grew up with a car. Oh, power steering. Fuck, baby. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another good point. And think about that. The 10 and two makes way more sense with, with no power steering. I also like, I'll, I'll do 10 and two if I'm going to like willingly drive aggressively. Like if I know I'm going to go faster around some curves and I want to just, you know, throw it in the curves i'll yeah. throw on 10 and 2 just for a little stability. really see 10 and 2 even in that situation is never that fucking comfortable to me even yeah. when i'm going fast if i'm going to go fast i still just like if you're going it. if you're going around some twisties and you're going to go hard left and then hard right and then hard left and you're doing that three or four times you don't you one hand it one hander baby oh yeah yeah <laughs> remember those fucking wheels Used to, the knob that used to be on the steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah, those are fucking awesome. And never had one. Of all those. those old pickup trucks back in the day. And, and I think they started on semi trucks, yep. you know, because yep. it's such a big wheel. And I think semi still have them. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I, well, when I was a kid, like my, my dad and my grandparents, they always had that on their old Ford pickup truck. It's just, you just like, it's like a, a pipe clamp or something with the wheel on it. You know, you just yeah. clamp it it's right It's got like a little this. roller yeah, thing on like it. Yeah. It's like got a bearing inside yeah. of it. Those things are fucking sweet, you know, but, it, but when you're driving like down the highway with them, they, you don't, the, the control right. is not there. Like you want to talk about freewheeling it, man. That's like, cause you gotta, that's for like when you're backing up or you gotta make a quick mm-hmm. turn or something. But no, it was, yeah, I just, I, it was always like a, it was like fake wood. It was yep. plastic that looked like wood. Yep. Yeah. It's like, like kind of orange and black, like a. I don't know. It looked kind of like a shitty fake wood, always. Yeah, I saw a lot of different kinds of them. My dad used to have an A-track player in his pickup Ooh. truck. Fuck yeah, man. He had um, Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and uh, Roy Orbison and um, Hank Williams. Uh, yeah, he had an old Ford F-150. It was probably a early or mid-late 70s, you know, um, it had a Roadrunner sticker on it. I always remember it had a Roadrunner sticker. I don't even know if that was part of the truck or if it was something, something he stuck on there. Um, but it was such a cool fucking truck. But I remember he had an 8-track player underneath the dash. like It, it was like an aftermarket 8-track sure. player. It was mounted underneath, and it was like he always had a stack of 8-tracks. So they had, they had this console that you could buy that would fit 8-tracks in it. You know, it wasn't built in because it was always just a bench seat in the truck. Yep. And so it was a big plastic console. You could fit eight tracks and a couple cans of beer <laughs> <laughs> and your smokes and like all the necessities were right there. But I remember it had a little, uh, a little plastic fake leather top on it and you'd flip it up and then all the eight tracks would be sitting in there all stacked up. Like and it, the next generation was cassette tapes. Yep. So it was the yep. same thing. And then CDs. You know, but yeah, those those eight tracks that was like back in the day. And it's like eight track, isn't that just a big cassette? Basically, I I don't know the technology, but I feel like it is. It's got to be. It's got to be close. Hey, Bill. Oh wait, that's right. You're fucking sitting at home meditating or some shit right cassettes, now. Cassettes, man. I remember cassettes. Such an easy, fun thing to have cassettes. So, uh, what did you do your own recording? Fuck yeah, I did, dude. <laughs> You put the radio on it and you wait for your song because you can't buy the actual tape and you record that shit and make sure you stop it before the radio host starts talking again. And then you make your own mixtape that way. Yeah, and you got to, the fucking timing yeah. was critical. Like you had to get good. 
if they didn't announce what song's coming on, about knowing your intros to songs. Well, especially in the in the in the OG times of doing that, because you could only like you couldn't overdub. Once you recorded oh, it, if yeah, you recorded done. it again, it's fucking toast. You can't do it. You know? So did you ever pop out the little tabs on the cassettes so you could record? No, I never had to do that. So like, um, yeah, you weren't back in that day. So you they had these little tabs on them um, where the where where the uh, it would stop it from from recording. Okay. So like you couldn't record over original Bon Jovi or something like that. Who would fucking want to do that anyway? Buy some shitty tape. But um, there were these little tabs that you could break off. So when you put it in your cassette player and you hit the record button, these two little things would come in and stick into where these tabs are. Mm. They stopped you from recording. Okay. You know, back like when the when the machines switched over to being able to record, the recordable cassettes had two little spots yeah. that, yeah. The, that the the only recordable cassettes could go into. So if you hit the record button on one, you couldn't record on it. Wouldn't let you. Okay. Yeah. You so know? when. I was doing this. It would have been cassettes would have been around for a while, um, but they always had blank ones that you could record on, um, and that's so that's what I was would always record mixtapes on as actual blank ones. I would never record over something that was like what would be equivalent to someone's album today. Okay, dude. So, um, eight tracks. They're the, it's basically the same technology as a cassette. Um, Eight tracks were marketed just to play music. Cassettes were pitched as at-home recording devices. Okay. So cassettes were originally thought out as to record on. Yeah. Um, and everyone did, so they right. did their job. Um, eight tracks came out. Uh, the Ford Motor Company began to offer eight track techs in 1966 in their model cars. Um. When did when were cassettes a thing? When did those come out? When did cassettes come out? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do Bill's job again, look that up for you. Sorry. It's all right. Um so all I remember was like the technology with the cassettes as it got better, um, like as it got kind of into the eighties, the the uh you get that I can see it in my mind, the um the eighties recordable cassette tapes they took the box the clear plastic box and they put some curved edges on it do you remember that because they were really super squared off like all cassette tape original cassette tapes came in a really squared off plastic case right because they were screwed in the corners weren't they no they were like they're plastic welded in the corners you know what i'm saying yeah they got the hinge you know you know what i'm talking about no i fucking no idea what you're talking about so the cassette tapes, when you would buy them, like if you bought a cassette from the store, it came in a little plastic box. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. It's like, Jesus Christ, who, who the fuck I, I was are talking you? about the actual cassette. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the box. Yes, okay. So the box that you'd get them in had, was perfectly squared off. It was plastic welded on the corners, right? Yeah. So when they were up in the game and they wanted to make it look like the new version of the recordable cassette came out, they would round the corners a little bit. And it was like, and they were smooth, and there was something so fucking satisfying about having the smooth edge corners. And it was like, because when you put it into your cassette holders, it wouldn't catch, mm. you know? It would like slide in there so nice and smooth, and it like, it wouldn't poke you like when you're grabbing them, and, and like, and they, they broke less easy because the impact point was rounded. 
So all these little things they did with them. But I remember the 80s artwork, all the like pink triangles and, and stripes across them. And they're like all those, like the, like the, um, the colors they use on those 80s windbreakers. Oh, yeah. You know, it was like always like little triangles and circles. And yeah, and it was squares. It's like, ooh, it's technology, you know? <laughs> it's like, and then they would like, um, there would be like a, the, 45 minute the 60 minute the 90 minute you know mm-hmm. and it was like you'd be looking at it and if it had that big fucking spool of tape on the inside because it's clear and you could see it, it's like oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna have this for fucking ever until it unspools and you gotta sit there with uh, twisted in the pencil yep i was back in the day fucking good a. times did you look that shit up i saw uh, you with cassettes your were actually like i think it said 1963 was the first cassette well when was the first a track Maybe I'm just looking at the wrong uh, thing on my phone. Well, maybe, well, there's different things. Like, I know there was computer cassettes that you would put in computers. First commercial 8-track players came out in 65. It says, history of cassette tapes. Phillips released the invention in Europe on August of 63. Came to the United States in November the next year. 63? Mm-hmm. So cassettes and eight tracks kind of came out at the same time, which would make sense if one was marketed as a recordable thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the size of them, fuck man. I mean, why would Ford put an eight track player if they knew there was a cassette tape? Well, if a cassette tape was only, if it initially was released without people actually having like albums on it. Right. Mm -hmm. I suppose that makes sense. So, cause did that replace, what did that replace? The LP. Yeah. So if you want to get someone's music, you're going to buy an A-track. Well, if you right. want to record it, if you want to play it in your car, yeah. I think that was the fucking that was the shift. Is that you couldn't play an, an album in your car? Sure. So, but you could get this cassette tape, and you're bouncing down the road, and it doesn't fucking skip all over the place right, and all right. that shit. So I'm sure it probably still did a little bit, but it's way better. I, I doubt the quality was near as good. Oh sure, you know as a, as an LP, but you're it's in your fucking car, right? You know you you had options. You didn't have Mobile. to just listen to the radio. Like there's that there's that uh, saying. There's I think it's a song. Video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like like uh, uh, did it like or did the did the fucking cassette tape kill the radio star or the or the CD? You know, once people could start choosing what they wanted to listen to like when did radio go downhill and become less i mean radio is still fucking huge like yeah. it's like i think it's still a big business but it's it's way different than it used to be like i'm sure that like the listenership compared to what it used to be is yeah but when i minuscule and this is my being naive um like i feel like old radio was more talking and like stories and music at the same time like it was a blend versus now i feel like it's just music minus a morning talk show so did for instance like like podcasts are huge yep so because podcasts are so huge do morning talk shows go out out the window or do people still tune into morning talk shows i think i think people still too i think people probably less i don't know if i don't think they're out the window but i bet you it's less yeah you know um but I think a talk show is basically it's a fucking podcast. Yeah, you know, essentially it's like it's a it's a podcast, but it's live. 
you know, and it's like the thing about talk shows is is that you get fucking news and you get information on what's happening right now right. compared to a podcast. That's true. That's true. So it's like, but I mean, you know, like there's a, uh, NPR's got this podcast called Up First. It's 10 fucking minutes and it goes over what's happening right now. Um, but it's still yesterday's news. Yeah. You know? Um, well, so, okay. So back to what killed the radio start again. And I wish I had someone in here in the room who, when radio was considered vibrant. Do you think people are going to get tired of us ragging on Bill? I think no, it's no, no, so no. much I'm not, fun. This isn't, this isn't for Bill. I'm oh. just saying I wish someone could be here to, to articulate what radio used to be to them. Because oh. I feel like it was, again, more news. And, like, I feel like didn't, you, didn't, 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 breaking news. So you're, you're, you're talking about a home radio. Yeah. Okay. Fucking home See, and I was more referring to, like, in the car. Oh. So I think definitely video killed the radio star in the home radio, which is a great point because I wasn't going in that direction, and that makes complete, that makes way more sense The video killed the radio star in the home radio because you're right. Home radio was like, it was it was like fucking movies for your ears. Yeah. You know, those fucking Lone Ranger. You know, it's right, like, right, right. It's like shit like that. And, and like you said, it's like the, the emergency broadcast system, you know, president fucking Roosevelt and Eisenhower, I think did too. Maybe I don't know if Kennedy did, but it all went over the radio. Right. You know, it was like, they shut everything down. And yeah. That's where my mind was. Sorry. Yeah. No, no apologize. No, no, no apology needed. So you're um, talking then I'm talking cars. So, so what killed the car radio? Yeah. What killed the car radio, the radio stations that are, that were just designed for people driving in their cars, like listening to the radio station while they're driving in a car, it's way less than it ever used to be. It's way less. Sure, I think CDs probably had the first initial impact. You don't think? To, you don't think eight tracks and cassette tapes did? Nope. Nope. Well, it's hard to say. Again, I wasn't around for that time. Right. I I would say CDs. I, CDs probably took a, a bigger chunk yeah. when they hit. So eight tracks and cassettes probably made an effect. I, I, I have no doubt they yeah. did, but I'm thinking, okay, when I was growing up in driving with people like parents and grandparents who all had cassettes, mm-hmm. you know, when cassette tapes became basically a factory option, not many listened to cassettes. It was still the radio. And this would have been, I mean, this would have been really early nineties and so right before CDs became a thing and became popular. Don't you think, though, the older generations are always going to be the last ones to take up that technology? Probably. I mean. So, okay. So did your first car have a cassette de- deck? Oh, yeah. Okay. And were you a cassette guy or did you listen to the radio? I cassette cassettes. You were you were purely cassettes? I had mixtapes, yeah. I had, Fuck yeah. I was all cassettes. So I'd, how did you, how were you AC, exposed? ACDC, Metallica, Bon Jovi. How were you exposed to new music? Um... Well, we still listen to the radio sometimes, but oftentimes it was like, um, like, uh, uh, my dad listened to the radio. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, and, and we're fucking kids and everybody's always talking about new bands and new music and shit, Sure, you know? And it's like, and then we would go to the store and look at the new fucking bands, you know, it's like, but when you'd say new music, I mean, I had a genre you like, well, you talked right. about when you were in school, you had a genre and like, I always knew when my genre was coming out with a new album, mm. you know? And it's like, and of course, like I grew up in the area era of like MTV, right? you know, and, and VH1 music. when they actually played music. 
You know, so there was that too. Yeah. So I guess this is a great, again, I wish all you listeners were here to talk us through what your musical experience was. So when growing up or when I got my license, CDs were a thing at that point. Yeah. Uh, I still listen to the radio in, in all my friends' cars and well, not all, but I would say 80% of my friends' cars and in my car, we listen to the radio. Now, when we were just chilling in someone's basement, shooting some pool or hanging out, mm-hmm. that was always CDs. Now, I have thought about that. CDs were, were in my mind, when it came to like making mixtapes and shit, CDs were vastly more expensive. Mm-hmm. And CD players were more expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, th- and they were... And you you had to like digitally have the song in order to put it on a CD because you had to have a CD burner. Right. And on top of that, the first CD players in, scar- in, in cars were not that good. No, they, they would were actually skip. Yeah, they were yeah. super fucking skippy. And CDs were super temperamental as well. Yeah. Like if you had a scratch on a CD, you, you, it's fucked. You or know? before you got a cool binder and you didn't know to put it underneath your seat, you'd fucking melt it. Right, exactly. All that shit. Yeah, it's like you would fuck. Like CDs were so temperamental when they like, because that's what I remember about CDs and cars is like, first off, they're expensive as hell, you know, compared to like buying a, a $1.99 recordable tape and making a mixtape. Yeah, you know? that's true. And then, and then they weren't as reliable in the car back then. You know, it took a long time before I remember having a CD player that was like solid that wouldn't skip when we'd hit bumps, you know? Um, and by that time, I'm sure iPods became a thing. It, it really, yeah, it really kind of did. And so I remember the disc man. Oh yeah. So yep. what I always did when I had, when I first got CDs is I had my disc man and I would get the, the little cassette tape extension for the disc man and put that in my cassette player, in my mm. truck and then I would hold it with one hand and drive with the other hand so I could listen to a CD while sure. I was driving. Or the passenger, would you had to hold it. Yeah, and so then there would be some shock absorption. Yep. Do you, did you ever see those things? Um, it was a mount with these springs in it for a disc man oh, yeah, to go yeah, onto yeah. your dash that you could mount it to. So while you're driving, it would shock absorb. I've, I've seen them. I, I never had one. Like the, the, the disc shock, shock absorption feature was such a huge thing. Like that technology, when that was coming out, it was like fucking dope, bro. We wouldn't say dope back then, but it's like, this was the shit, Yeah, you know, or the, the extra base, the extra base button that would drain your batteries at twice <laughs> the fucking speed. And it was like, it sounded like shit into my little Sony headphones, but it had the bass boost on it. Yeah. It's like, dang, I'm rocking out with my Sony headphones. Oh yeah. But no, so I always, like, when I had cassettes, and I guess because of the mixtape, I mean, the mixtape was fucking revolutionary, really. Yeah. Because once you could make a mixtape, like, you had that friend that always made the best fucking mixtapes. Yeah. It was like, they were, like, you wanted to ride with them because they bring their mixtape. It's like, yo, is Fred coming? Because he's going to bring his mixtape. It's like, we can't go anywhere without that motherfucker. And so if you were really good at that, you were the man. Or the woman, it's like, you were the one that people would get, like, we're going to go cruise, go get Fred. Sure. You know, or whatever. And it was like, the mixtape was fucking key. When, did you ever cruise Maine? 
I don't even know what the fuck that means. You don't know what cruise it means to cruise Maine? Maine? Oh my God. When, when we were in high school, we'd just cruise Maine. So we'd get in our cars and we'd just fucking drive up and down oh, Main Street. Okay. Called a cruise in Maine. And our Main Street, like I said in that one five, it's like three or four blocks long. But we would, we would, we'd like see what's going on, who's out. Like, and so everybody would go cruise Maine and then you'd see somebody and then you'd pull off into a parking lot because all the stores are closed. And you go and shoot the shit, sit outside in a tailgate or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'd figure out where the party's at. But you'd always start out by cruising Maine. And then if you had a bump and sound system, then it was even better. Because you'd be fucking cruising Maine and, like, you would be the guy. Yeah. People would hear you coming. It's like, oh, here comes Ike. It's like, you, you know <laughs> whose fucking truck or car is coming because it's bumping. And if it's, like, a really rattly bump, it's like, oh, that's Frank. That's, Frank. <laughs> that's fucking Frank. My, my buddy had a, oh, I don't even know what year it was. It was a piece of shit Durango. And uh, we wouldn't like cruise Maine, but we'd drive around with and sound systems. I'm doing air quotes here. Mm-hmm. And he had the he had two of those big fucking old school speakers that are usually in someone's house. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, he huh? fucking wired them up to his car because Fuck, we're not yeah. putting a real sound system in. We'd cruise around with that thing. I did that for my stepson like two years ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, he had this. He got this. Uh, I think he got it for like the steam and gas show or something. It's this big fucking speakers. He's like, I want to put these in my car. I'm like, your car is not going to be able to <laughs> handle those fucking speakers. The magnets on those things are so, I mean, you need so much juice. I'm like, your car deck is not going to be. He's like, let's just do it. Okay. So we fucking hooked it up to his Figured car. It and it was like, beep, 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 beep. Because <laughs> you can't hear it because it takes oh, so, so much quiet, juice yeah. to push those speakers. So he had to figure out something different. We ended up, I installed some new speakers for him. But it was like, that was the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I I remember, you know, the bandpass boxes, right? Where you invert the speaker. No. So it's like, there was like a thing back in the day when speakers, car speakers and stereos, like for me anyway, were really big. It's like you get a big fucking Rockford Fosgate amp, you know, and, and, a, and a nice Alpine deck. Um, and they made these, these boxes that were called bandpass boxes where you would, you would invert the speaker in the box. So instead of the speaker blowing facing out it was actually facing in and it was inside the box okay so with the bandpass boxes there was something about you get a, a deeper base out of them because it was all internal so it moved more air where the other ones didn't move as much air oh dude do you remember those big subwoofer boxes when they'd hit and that air would come out the port put your hand over it and oh like, yeah whoa would you fucking feel that that's amazing <laughs> those are the fucking days man so um, we had these, like, I would try to build in shop class a band. That was a huge thing for our shop class. Everybody wanted to build speaker boxes, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody had different vehicles. And so we'd build them different shapes sure, and sizes sure. to fit the vehicle. Right. And then, um, and then these companies, like, I remember the first one I saw that was like a super custom box was JL audio. Do you remember JL? Do you know JL audio? Mm-mm really fucking back in the day they were like at the peak of the technology for a while for speakers and speaker boxes and my brother who was in the navy he uh he had a toyota pickup and toyota's standard cab toyota's they, there's no hardly any space behind the seats right, right right but you still gotta have that fucking bump and sound system so how do you get a fucking big speaker behind that space in a box that's gonna work right so JL Audio came out with these speaker boxes that were like wedge shaped and they were molded for the back seat of a Toyota and they were super fucking expensive, but you could fit two 
10 inch jail 10 they call them um 10w something but it was a jail 10w subwoofer and then there was the whole box filled the whole space it was a molded thing a singular unit that would fill the whole space behind the seats and then in between the center seat there was room for an amp that you could build in and all the little wiring slots were there. It was so fucking awesome, man. He showed up with that thing and he was bumping. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Where did you, how did you do this? And he, he, and he just had this huge smile on his face yeah. and he knew he was, he's, he was like the king of the world. And I pulled the back of the seat down and I could still feel the, the fabric of the seat and pulled it down. And I, I was like, like that, what's that Lonely Island Boys song? Jizz in my pants. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. It was like, oh my God, I got to take a minute. You know, it was so. So then, of course, you sit down in there and the speakers are right up against yeah. your back because those seats were so thin. It's like, shake your whole fucking body. That was like. That was the thing. That was the thing back in the day, man. Having a, If you had a killer speaker system, it was something. Yeah. See what. I- when I was growing up, it would, we would change decks out, but only because we needed that aux import. Oh, so, so you you know they're kind of standard now, mm-hmm. or everything's Bluetooth now. But yeah, you know old decks. There's no way to hook up to your phone unless you had a cassette deck, and it had that wire sticking out of mm-hmm. it, and you could plug it directly into something. Yeah. Um, but so every like the, the cool thing, and I never did it was to get an aftermarket deck that had an actual aux input. So you could, you could direct line that shit. Yeah, you know, I, I skipped that part, I think. I didn't ever have the aux. I went from, like, the Alpine that could change colors, mm-hmm. and there was, like, an EQ on the face, and you could take the face off because no one's going to fucking steal your Alpine, mm. you know? Um, and I think I went from that... To like my vehicles, like once I started having kids, and the whole the whole sound system thing just kind of went out the door oh, yeah. for me. You know, you're not gonna blow your kids' eardrums out because you're having fun. Well, some people are like they're still all about it, um, but I just yeah, I I lost interest. And then when I when I kind of wanted to get a nice stereo again, it came with a USB port. Mm. Yeah. You know, I went to the, it, but it's so funny, but like. There's a USB port, but it had this little weird plastic little cover thing on it. Yeah. You know, it's like, what the fuck is that about? Like, why? It's a dust cover or what? Yeah, it's a dust cover, but like the CD thing, I guess there's little brushes in there or whatever for the, where you put your CDs in. There was a point where I just like fucking, I stopped listening to CDs in a car. Like, it just went out the window. And maybe it was because I had my phone, but I don't think it was. I just think I just got tired of fucking around with the CDs because I had the you had the visor thing that yeah. had like 10 yeah. CDs in it, you know? And it's like, and I, I do remember I, w- once I had a car that had like a six disc changer in it, mm. you know? And, and maybe like, that's kind of, I would have my favorite CDs in there. And then at, once I was done playing those, I would just go to the radio. Cause I didn't want to fuck around because a six disc changer, you had to get out, pull the cartridge out, hit the button to get the disc out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah interesting yeah i never had a i never had a multi-disc changer in a car uh yeah i feel like the transition for me went from cds to like ipod-esque really quick i used to have a really old ipod mm-hmm. and i didn't have an aux cord and so then i did the cassette thing for a while and then 
they came out with this fucking radio frequency adapter. Oh, yeah, buddy. And you plug that bad boy in and you had mm-hmm. to tune in to the specific frequency it was yep. putting out. And you can listen that way. Yeah. Um, Connor sold he Well, he had one of those in a Subaru he had. He just sold it. Oh, yeah? He sold his Subaru, bro. Yeah. Just so well, I'm going to say the podcast helped, so... <laughs> I'm thinking it did actually. We should get it. We should get a cut. I know yep, that you mentioned yep. that. I'm cut it up. To hit him up for that because I don't know, like at least fifty bucks. I mean, it, something at a bare minimum. So did son, he go back? Did he? He's is he back now? He is up at Stevens Point. So he um, it's so funny because like I got a buddy of mine that we're storing his um my my boat and Connor's Mustang is in his or in his shed and. uh Connor came back down. He's like, I should get my Mustang out, you know, and it's part of like when we were talking and he wanted to drive it yep. and all that. So it's like, all right. You know, it's like, will you, will you get him a hold of him? Let him know that I want to get the Mustang out. I'm like, sure. I'll let him know. So I got a hold of the guy. And he's like, sure, man. Anytime this week after five 30 or unless it's raining, we can pick it up. I'm like, all right, cool. So the next day, Connor's like, eh, guess I really don't want it out. <laughs> it's like, Okay, so I texted him, sorry, man, guess my kid changed his mind, doesn't want it out. And he's like, all right, no big deal. So this week he's like, I should get my car out. I'm like, all right, because he's going to sell his car, so he knows he has to get it out. And I'm yeah. like, well, okay, well, when do you want to do it by? He's like, well, it's not to be done until Friday. And I'm like, so anytime between now and Friday? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. It's like, all right. So I told my friend, hey, he wants to get his car out. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, anytime between tonight and Friday. And he's like, okay, so I'll be home at 530 tonight. So I told Connor, and he's just like, oh, well, are you going to come with me? I'm like, well, I got stuff tonight. And he's just like, well, then let's just not do it tonight. I'm like, fucking A. Okay. So so we end up having to work it all out. But uh, he got his car out. and uh, Kudos to your friend's patience. No shit. Thank <laughs> you so much, Ryan. And I know it had to have been a pain in the ass because he was like in and out of his building and shit. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, he's a good guy. He, I appreciate him. Um. But he sold the Subi, sold the Subaru, and uh, um, now he's got his Mustang back, and he's just fucking ready to get that truck going. Yeah. And, yeah. It's good stuff. But he does owe us 50 bucks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So when he listens, when you're listening, when you listen, he's usually like two or three weeks behind. What the fuck? I I don't know. I Part of it, like he told me one time when we talked about my trip, He's like, I've heard enough of your stories, yeah, you know? Yeah. So maybe that's kind of it where it's just like, eh, I talked to my dad enough. I don't need to hear his voice on the fucking <laughs> podcast, you know? So, um, but but his friend listens to it pretty religiously from what I understand. So his friend's name is Connor. So Connor, my, my son's friend Connor, tell my son that he owes us 50 bucks when you hear this. That way he fucking remembers... And he gets us the 50 bucks. There you go. I think that's going to be the ticket. Got us done. done. Yeah. All right. All right, brother. Well, hey, I appreciate you. And I, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up if you're all right with that. Yeah, man. We can wrap it right here. We've got some. Happy Sunday morning to you. Yeah, yeah, man. Happy fucking Sunday. What yeah. do you. It's fucking rainy out. It's springtime, you know? So I got. Okay, side tangent. We don't have to stop yet. I, I picked up a new grill. Oh, you you told me about that. Was it what is it? It's a, just a Weber kettle grill. Okay, but uh, so I've been grilling on some charcoal lately. So I've been grilling a lot. Nice, and it's been fucking awesome. Even last night in the rain, 
I grilled. Did you? Yeah. Do you have, like kind of have it kind of by the garage, or what do you do? No, it's on my deck right now. Okay. So I've always been sketchy. So I have a gas grill. Yeah. And I've always been sketchy to put it on our deck because it's just a wood deck. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what did you oh, do? Jesus. So the first night I got this thing home, I'm like fuck yeah, I'm grilling, and I got this charcoal chimney, and uh, I didn't shake it out after it was lit, so I just picked it up and I was gonna dump it, and I dumped coals all over my deck and it started to fucking burn into the what deck. yeah dude so like, oh shit this is exactly why i don't do this so i ran inside because our deck is right off our kitchen i grabbed like a pot of water and i'm dumping it on the deck I'm oh like, okay, my okay, God. okay 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 so now i have like bricks on, i have like patio bricks that we just had underneath our deck and i have them like around my grill currently because i'm just waiting for this patio to get poured so i can put the thing on the patio so why don't they have like the little metal fucking thing underneath to, to stop the ashes and shit from falling on the deck? Yeah, but, like, so I have the charcoal chimney. Well, I, I get that. And so I lifted the just, the chimney out of the grill. Just don't fucking do it again. I know, I haven't. <laughs> but I was like, oh, dude, this is amateur hour with this oh fucking thing. God. Burn my house down. See, I've never worried about a gas grill burning the deck. Ever. Yeah. Like, it, I like some, like, because there's a grease trap on there that nobody fucking cleans, no. you know? It's like, so that kind of gets a little gross sometimes. It spills on the deck, and it makes the deck gross. But, like, I've never worried about a gas grill burning the deck, I guess. See, my problem with my gas grill is it's so old and it's so nasty that it occasionally, like, lights on fire. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got that problem. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, and so I'll close the lid and I'll I'll even shut the gas off, but, like, flames are coming out of the back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just got to sit this down for a little Isn't bit. Isn't that the fucking worst when you're making some good fucking food and all of a sudden you it get a flame that. up? Yeah, and, and like, just, the whole thing is just on fire yeah if it, there's there's like no saving that food no it's like, i've needed a new grill for a long time and well, my wife has been trying to get me one well so. congratulations bro so i have a charcoal grill yeah but so it was raining last night and yeah. sam's like what do you want to do for dinner i kind of want salmon i'm like yeah i could go for some salmon she goes will you grill it i'm like it's raining out she goes yeah I'm like okay <laughs> get on it big boy so i grilled salmon in the rain and it was fucking amazing it turned out great so did you find that the rain changed the temperature, though? Well, I, I assumed it was going to. So so sa- I looked up how to do salmon, and it was like hot, quick, yep, like six minutes. I'm like, all right. So I fucking dumped a shit ton of charcoal in that thing. Oh, okay. And I just let it blast hot. Yeah. And it wasn't like downpouring. It was like yeah, know, sprinkling. sprinkling. Yeah. And uh, so I was all right. That's one of the tricky things is when you're grilling in weather. Yeah. How it can affect the temperature. Like if it's super windy, my grill temp won't get hardly won't get over four hundred. Mm. But if it's not gas or charcoal, gas, gas, yeah, yeah. But if it's not windy, the fucker will crank up seven hundred plus. Yeah, you know. So it's like that. That's one thing. It's like if it's windy or rainy, then I gotta there's some adjustments to make. Yeah. To get good at like grilling with the different temperatures, or if it's really fucking cold out, you know, you gotta work with that a little bit. Yeah, my current gas grill is super weather dependent because. There's fucking holes in the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so wind is shit and cold is yep. just fucking it up. Well, there has to be holes for, for the ventilation. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's it's just changing. Like with the charcoal grill, if it's windy, or charcoal grill, I would think if it's windy, it's like pushing more heat because it's pushing oxygen to the coals. Yeah. So, with I mean, with this one, there's only two vents. Everything else is isolated. And so a wind, it might push through a little bit higher but i can always close the top vent and right. limit that and so i feel like there's a little bit more control oh yeah big time there's way more air control that's like that's the key to a charcoal grill right. is your air control right 
but you know, it's just it's more time consuming. But yeah. it's it's made great food so far. We've well, cooked multiple things. It's fucking awesome. Glad you're enjoying it, bro. That's like fucking sweet. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I haven't had charcoal grill in a long time. But I mean they're it I knew I wanted one and it wasn't like they're pricey and they're like No, they're not they're not expensive. You no, know, that's the nice part about them is that the you know, the biggest you can get expensive is fucking ones. charcoal. Yeah. Like, because you got to buy the good shit. You can't buy cheap charcoal. There's a fucking. There's a big difference. There is. There is, bro. I I saw this ad for this charcoal. It's like, it's a, it looks like a nuclear reactor tube. It's black. And it's like, it's like a uh, hexagon. Okay. Um, And you stack them. And they're they're like a log. Like a log. Yeah. You stack them like a log. And uh, apparently like you use less charcoal. And it, and it's a more even cook than with charcoal briquettes. Mm. I don't know. I was on, it was on Shark Tank. Well, I'll have to do some research. You have to do some research. They look kind of cool. It's like, oh, that looks like I'd try that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. All get, right, brother. Hey, I appreciate you. Let's wrap this shit up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, we do appreciate you guys taking a listen. Uh, Fuck yeah, all you guys. Everyone and, you, and ladies. All you guys and ladies. When I say guys. I know, it's a universal term. It is. To me, it is. So don't take offense, anybody, please. All y'all motherfuckers out there, badass listening to this podcast and join it. We appreciate you. Yeah. Much love. Much love. Have a great week. A and, uh, you did. <laughs> Bastard. Sorry, dude. I didn't even mean to. Right. I'm so used to hearing you say it. I was just like, I was just like, oh, this is when Kyle says that. And then I just went, oh, maybe. Duh. Maybe I'll I can say. say it I didn't even think about it. It's like it wasn't a cognitive thing. Don't don't get mad at me. All right, you're good. All right, love so, everybody. All right, thanks. Later. Bye.